Well, hello and good evening. Happy Halloween weekend, everyone. Welcome to this week's new episode of Breakfast with Boom. And folks, we have a returning hero in Zemi Games who actually has been on every show but has returned here today. We have Mr. Joanna Dark that is joining us as a special guest. And, of course, the best brain in the business, VJ, is here. We're going to get to the introductions shortly. Folks, we have a great show prepared for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Sony's uh, state of nay, as they're calling it, because, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it was so bad, it did, in fact, feel like it was thrown together in someone's back closet and put out there for people to, I guess, maybe possibly enjoy. And it was a big flop. Uh, we're going to be talking about Double Fine Studios. Uh, this is a team led by industry icon um, that has uh, jumped onto the scene. They could have been out of business. Uh, Tim Schaefer is a legend in the business. He's a gentleman. He's a gamer. He's funny. If you ever listened to any of his interviews. And what is fantastic is that the game that you are playing, the game that we have all played, the game that people are nominating for numerous awards, I believe that even at the end of the year during Keeley's event is going to be nominated. I, I, I have, a, folks, I got a feeling that it's, I mean, to get to say that it's going to get platform of the year is just, you, you, almost get, you almost can expect that. Though I have a feeling this could win the Covenant game of the year uh, for a lot of reasons. And um, to be honest with you, I could not be uh, happier for that team because the game that we are playing right now is a game that would not have existed uh, if Microsoft didn't step in and purchase the studio and, and uh, inundate the, the studio with, with, with monies in order to do all the finishing touches that made it its game of the year. And I think that that is a, a, a conversation that has not been had by many podcasters. Uh, it's one that we are probably going to have today. And, of course, we're going to be talking about Starfield. And I'm glad Zemi's here for it because he's a big Bethesda fan like we all are. And, uh, folks, I mean, we're a year out, right, give or take, almost a year out from when this game is supposed to launch in holiday of next year. And, you know, God Howard, as he's known to many, including uh, Zemi Games, has been doing some, you know, advertising for the game 12 months in advance. And I think that it's fantastic. Uh, and they just released a new video last week talking about the faction. So we're going to break that down. But let's get into the panel introductions and then we'll get right into what happened during the Sony state of play or state of nay, depending on who you ask. Zemi Games, welcome back, brother. How the heck are you? I'm home. I'm home, yeah, boom. Yeah, yes, you I'm are. Back home. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I am excited to be back on uh, Breakfast with Boom Man. I mean, this is obviously where I started uh, my podcasting journey with you uh, yeah. all those many, many years ago. So, you know, I'm super happy to, you know, help fill in the gaps from, um, you know, some of your uh, some of your regular uh, panelists, uh, you know, having to jump out this week. But, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for the topics lined up, man. Can't wait to jump in and talk about them. Yeah, you know what? We, I tell you, folks, uh, th there's a lot of green room conversation that specifically <clears throat> went on today that was so good, folks. That was literally so good that uh, it could have been its own podcast. In fact, it's going to be because it's going to be a topic 
uh, on Tuesday's Xbox Factor podcast. I'm going to write it over the weekend. Uh, it is an original topic of conversation and thought, uh, one of which we, is going to be returning to the uh, conversation, and Zemi cannot wait to have this, is the cart racer that should and could be made uh, by Rare or someone else within uh, Microsoft, and, and I think it can be done. You know, Preferably, I'd love to see someone at Playground Games, a small team, um, that uh, that wants a Mario Kart esque racer, uh, you know, bring that kind of uh, family fun to, of course, um, the Xbox Game Pass and the platform, which we you know we've all agreed that they need. But we'll be getting more into that on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to that conversation, and I know Zemi is as well. But next special guest is someone that actually works at Microsoft. He has been someone that has been on. My show now, I believe it's the third time, uh, he has also exploded on the scene of not only popularity, but his banter within the community is so very reminiscent of what, we're ex- what we expect from Microsoft. And he's here today to talk and give us his thoughts. Mr. Joanna Dark, brother, what's up? How the heck are you? Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you again for always reaching out. Um, it's great to hear that Zemi also started here his podcast. And similar to myself, I reached out to Mr. Boom, asked him <laughs> if, you know, if I can come on the show and kind of, you know, talk about my love for games. And, you know, I want to say thank you again for always, you know, being that person that provides, you know, a platform for people that want to just kind of get into this scene. Um, it's a pleasure to meet Zemi Games. I, uh, in the back, we were talking about Werewolf the Apocalypse. Um, <laughs> and Game of the century. Yes. Banger. Brilliant. Like Beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, it, again, it's great to be podcasting with VJ. Uh, I call him the Walcry Wal- Frazier of podcasting because of his, you know, the way he articulates things. and the, He the does. He He's uses, a very so. good articulator. I taste him. He'd be, a good, he'd be a good police officer because, obviously, in order to <laughs> process uh, uh, arrests, in order to, uh, you know, defend your arrest and trial, you have to be good at articulation, and he is the master. But it's he, like it's, he says words I've never even heard of. By yeah, the way. all the time, all the time. So yeah. I say he's the smartest yeah. student in the room, hundred uh, percent. VJ, I hope you're, I, I hope you're smiling. But uh, Mr. Joanna Dark, it's great to have you back. Uh, and uh, one of the one of the, the the gifts that I have been given as a podcaster, uh, besides an audience that likes to actually hear what I have to say, which is, you know, again, it's never a given YouTube. I say this all the time is a vast pool of incredible talent. Some people you've heard of and you want to forget some people you've never heard of and you wish you would have. Uh, and because I've been giving this opportunity, um, one of the most important things for me is being inclusive and giving folks that may or may not have a chance to, put their voice out there. Maybe they have a small podcast. Maybe it's only their brother, sister, and their mom that's subscribed. We want to get them on the show. We want to get your voices out there and help you build your audience. Uh, I had the pleasure, uh, uh, last um, uh, primetime gaming, of, of having some, uh, some gentlemen on from Hawaii. Uh, and they they came in on the scene, and it's uh, they're a small podcast. Uh, there's a, and we talked about it live on the air. They have a small uh, audience. Uh, they're trying to grow their brand, uh, and, and not many, and, and not many. You know, Hawaii is a beautiful uh, place, but they don't have the biggest gaming reach. And they're trying to do, you know, they're trying to get out there and do that. And uh, you know, obviously having them on. And getting them uh, their voices out there was super important to me. 
Um, but listen, let's continue with the introductions. Uh, and VJ, last and certainly not least, uh, you've had your spot of tea. You are waking yourself up. I know that you know the encyclopedia that is your brain is working. Welcome to the program, brother. How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, boom. I'm good. Yeah, I was smiling in the background. It seems like Zemi and uh, jo- uh, JD, Joanna Duck, have done my <laughs> intro for me. So I don't think there's much left for me to say, but... Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to the show and uh yeah it's great to see Zemi again it's been a long too long sir and um mm-hmm. and of, of course boom um it's fantastic that you um you want me on the on the uh, on the Friday morning shows and uh, I'll do my best for you yeah, I, listen I, I I don't I don't doubt it but you know listen obviously it it's the, it's the, it, first of all it's a Halloween weekend right uh whenever Halloween falls on a Friday a Saturday or like it this year it falls on a Sunday it's exciting uh, because it's a weekend of celebration. Uh, and, uh, you know, normally um, I will build some part of the show around horror. Uh, Zemi's favorite topic of all time. Um, but you know something? I didn't build the show around <laughs> horror. And do you know why that is? Because I didn't have to. No, Zemi, it wasn't you. It wasn't because you were going to be on. It was because... The horror came at the expense of Sony's state of play. They they literally dropped the horror theme into me. And I say that with absolute disrespect because it was awful. Folks, it was terrible. It was thrown together. If you are a diehard Sony fan, uh, you got to ask yourself, what in God's name were they thinking when they put this together? Uh, you know, obviously, look, we, we understand at the at the forefront of, you know, Xbox versus PlayStation and PlayStation versus Nintendo and Nintendo versus PC. It's a business, right? We all have our own hearts for our own consoles and brands. But at the end of the day, it's a business. So we understand that Microsoft did something. And I mean, 343 Industry did something this week. Uh, Monday, they dropped the single-player campaign overview. It took the world by storm. Uh, I still am reeling in excitement for what that game is going to be in a couple of weeks when it releases. I think we are probably around five weeks from release. Give or take a few days more. Um, Obviously, we have a bunch of releases coming out before then. You know, they have the 20th anniversary uh, controller. They have the Halo uh, uh, Infinite uh, console, which I, I checked and my, my order's still in. We got the um, uh, Halo Infinite um, Elite controller. I mean, there's just so much coming out in the next couple of weeks that I, I've been putting the money away because I knew I was going to get clobbered. And indeed, I'm going to be clobbered, but it's going to be for a good thing. But I, I have to say that, um, you know, Sony does things uh, that, you know, you that, that I consider be, to be disrespectful. Uh, we understand. And it was almost it, 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 sometimes they do step in it, so to speak. Uh, and they announced, of course, on Monday that there was some new information coming for Horizon Zero Dawn. And as much as I'm a fan of Aloy, no one cares. No, no one gives a flying uh, F because the game's coming out next year. You know, it's one of my most anticipated games because I love that, that world. You, you didn't have, you, you could, you, as, as respect to what Microsoft has been through uh, in, in the course of a last generation where Sony wiped the floor with them, I found it almost pathetic that they would try and steal the thunder away from 343 Industries who has had a hard time. 
Uh, and I've given them a hard time. And I think for fair reasons, I, I don't, I'm not overly critical of three, four, three industries. I just want a good game. Like I think everybody else does and they deliver. And of course, now you have the state of play and you were, I mean, I, I, I watched some videos, uh, you know, I'm mean, a good friend of this show, uh, Mr. Bad Bit, who is one of the, he, I mean, if you want to watch a PlayStation show that respects you as a person, respects you as a gamer, and just wants to have fun, you got to sub this dude on YouTube. You got to check out the Trophy Room. It is by far one of the best PlayStation shows. I would even dare say that it rivals PS I Love You. How about that, Joe? If you're listening, I know you're smiling. Um, and um, they, they released this state of play, and it was a horror. Uh, I have notes. I will, uh, you know, ramble off what has what was revealed, um, and then we will we will dissect it. Um, they open up the show with Deathverse, Let It Die, which is a very 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 poor attempt. As hey, let's copy Fortnite. Let's make it where we're using swords to chop people to pieces. And let's see if we can get this as, you know, another free-to-play game that the world doesn't need. It was very forgettable. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. Then they, they follow that with something called We Are OFK. And it's an indie pop music game, kind of like a storytelling game. I'm going to be honest with you. The writing for that little segment, of course, because they talked about Sony, like like almost breaking the fourth wall was pretty interesting i mean it's a game that i'm probably not going to play but it, it looked interesting um and of course big snacks uh the big dlc that no one asked for for bug snacks uh and again this is a game that came out it is i mean listen i'm sure that there are kids that are digging it um i i this could have been in a blog post i think anyone was looking forward to big snacks the big free update uh, and of course, then they followed that because, you know, it's Halloween. So why not can make this horror show even more scarier by showing you Five Nights at Freddy's security breach? Again, I mean, is that a thing anymore? Does anyone still play Five Nights at Freddy's? I mean, I know it was a mobile thing and that was a console thing, but I, I okay, if you're into it, I'm not going to say boo to you if you are. Uh, Death Door was announced. And see, that was the big one. Right. Death's Door, um, I actually beat uh, this year. It's going to probably be in my top 10. If you are a Souls Light slash Zelda uh, OG, you're probably going to dig it. Um, I didn't get 1,000 out of 1,000 achievements. I, I got most of them um, and I, I loved it. Uh, and then they followed that with something that um, it looked like a mobile game, it plays like a mobile game, it looks like a complete utter ripoff of Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe. Uh, Kart Riders Drift looked awful. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. It looked terrible. Uh, the next one, now this is exciting for me. Um, as, as you know, my favorite console of all time is the Dreamcast. Uh, and I could even put like the Saturn like right next to it because I was very big into imports. I was also big into 2D Fighters. Uh, and SNK outside of Capcom being the you know top dogs, um, you know, I loved SNK games, so it was announced that obviously King of Fighters 15 is coming. There's going to be a beta that's going to be coming soon. Um, marketing rights go to Sony, which is not surprising, but King of Fighters 15 is coming to everywhere, including Xbox, and that's a big deal because I will buy that. Um, and I think that SNK realized that instead of selling to the one 
or 1.5 million people on PlayStation, they would double their efforts and potentially sell an additional 1 to 1.5 million copies of this fighting game to people on Xbox and PC. It makes sense because, you know, fighting games are niche. King of Fighters is even more niche. Um, then they had a survival, uh, survival game with some sort of an AI uprising that looked kind of looked like Fallout-ish a little bit called First Class Trouble. Very forgettable. Um, and then they showed a closer look into a game coming out called Little Devil Inside. I mean, it, they showed the world map. I, I don't know if it needed to be in there. I kind of felt like someone just like, hey, just throw this in there because we need an extra seven minutes to make this a little longer. And then they finished off with um, uh, Star Ocean, the Divine Force. Now, I know there are a lot of people that love Star Ocean. Um, uh, it's a very, very popular, a big brand on PlayStation, has been for years. It was confirmed by Square Enix. Uh, I believe it's Square, right, that's coming out with it, it that, that it's releasing on all platforms. The game looked okay. Um, not great to be honest with you, but listen, uh, I've talked enough, uh, and we have, oh, I believe, let me get back to the page. Cause I'm actually looking for my notes. We have, wow. We have over 200 people here. This is awesome. Um, semi games. Let's get to you first. Uh, this was, um, a bit of a letdown. Now I saw, listen, look, I, I'm the first one to say, never go into these shows with tempered expectations because what's the fun in that right like who who wants to be boring right i want to be wrong well yeah but but we but it's okay zemi i i don't mind being the boob that said xbox show z is gonna have x and y i don't mind that and of course i'm usually wrong right it's fine it is what it is um but i saw some predictions uh, specifically like Joe, like Mr. Badbit. Uh, he actually had a pretty reasonable one. And I was like, wow, man, if they come, if that, that's what it is, that's pretty dope. Wasn't that at all. A lot of people got it wrong. Um, when you saw it, wh- wh- where, where do you fall on why release a big nothing burger like this to your fans that are logistically starving? for information and a reason to get excited because the, the, the bottom line very simply is, um, and we're going to talk about this for 22. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, with the, when we bring, the, when we bring the Starfield conversation into the, into the mix, um, Sony's in a bit of trouble uh, and we're going to get into why that is, um, you know, horizon. We know it's coming out. We know it's not going to be delayed past where it's been delayed. We're getting it next year. I already got the collector's edition. I cannot wait to unbox it. I'm probably going to do an unboxing. I'm going to play that game until I complete it. God of War, I don't think we're getting. So I think the one big game you're getting next year, PlayStation fans, and I say we because I'm a PlayStation owner as well. That's it. We're getting Horizon. That's that's all she wrote. We're going to get into what else is coming out for Xbox. Sony might be in a bit of, a bit of a pickle, to be honest with you. But to I mean, we don't know if there's going to be uh, another state of play in December. Zemi. We don't know if there's going to be any kind of a special uh, PlayStation event at the end of the year like it has in past years. And I got to be honest with everybody. If you close out the 21 campaign with this, yikes. What what are your thoughts, man? You know, I I think it's safe to say that that PlayStation doesn't have nearly as much to really talk about is what Xbox does, right? Yes, and and I think correct. a lot of that goes into Xbox has really been planning 
for this moment, I think a lot more intensely than what PlayStation has. Um, overall, though, for the actual show, you guys know me. I, I don't really, you know, come up with wild expectations or anything like that. I'm, you know, some might call me boring, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to be disappointed, right? I just don't. Um, and so going into this show, I didn't have any expectations. And, you know, I, I can I can say that was it was it as good of a show as what Xbox has put on here recently? No. Was it um, the best, you know, state of play of the year? No, most certainly not. Probably uh, one of the worst state of plays that they've put on all year. But inherently, I don't think it was a bad show, right? Um, I, I, you know, I actually really enjoyed seeing a lot of the games that they that they showed off. Um, you know, we are OFK. I thought that that game looked really, really cool. That very, looked like a Zemi Games game. That didn't yeah, look like I, it, it, it. It got my attention. Uh, First Class Trouble. Uh, the uh, it kind of looks like uh, Among Us with like better graphics. You know, kind of fa uh, Fallout ish graphics. It, it did look like Fallout, uh, right? Like I'm not the only one that it, thought that. It, it did, but it but it was also like Among Us, where you know, like there's people in the space station who are trying to survive, and then they're like you know, people that are trying to kill everyone. And I, I don't know, I thought it looked actually really, really good. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that's one of the games that's uh, multi-plat, like it's going to come to Xbox as well. A lot of the games that they were showing off kind of seemed to be uh, that, that you know, they were going to be, you know, third-party, like published kind of everywhere games, uh, but just, you know, PlayStation marketing rights. Uh, and then the little uh, the little devil inside, I, I really, really like that game. Like I, I'm... What very if it's much scary you know i saw like well it's so it's so like low budget graphics that i don't think i would personally be scared by it but there were those like little white zombie things that were attacking the player and that just kind of turned me off for a quick second but i think i could get past it, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, That's great. but i i really did like that game and what were i think you were talking about like the overview of the world i think that that's actually traveling to different locations on the map and then it zooms into the actual like other yes, gameplay yes features, yes right yeah, so like so that traveling on like the big open map is kind of like uh like almost like a fast travel kind of feature or something I don't know. I really saw a lot of very unique gameplay mechanics that I haven't ever noticed in games before. And and I don't know. I, I thought that overall it was it was a half decent show. I I enjoyed it for what it was, but I also didn't go in with huge major expectations of, you know, we're going to see this or we're going to see that. I think I I did hear some people. They were kind of, you know, expecting Hogwarts Legacy to be shown off again because uh, PlayStation has the marketing rights to that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen, but I, I wasn't expecting it to happen. And, and that's a big reason why I always say, you know, temper your expectations. Because I don't, you know, for me personally, I don't want to be disappointed. I didn't think it was, you know, the 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 worst show that PlayStation could have ever made. Um, I think for a lot of people, they probably didn't really enjoy it as much because there wasn't that really, really big AAA PlayStation banger that a lot of fans uh, absolutely enjoy. But for me, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, hardcore Xbox player. I, I do own a PlayStation, but I'm definitely more casual where where PlayStation is, uh, you know, concerned, you know. Uh, so so to me, I thought it was a good, you know, show I saw and was introduced to a lot of games that may have been talked about previously, but 
for this show was the first time I ever saw them. So to me, it's a win as a player because I got to see some games that uh, I'm interested in playing in the future. I mean, listen, you, you are being fair, obviously, and you do or you are what would consider a, a I mean, I would consider myself even a casual uh, PlayStation player. Not maybe a, maybe a little bit above casual because I I play all of their single player games. I, I Again, that's why I own a PlayStation. They do it the best. And that's why I enjoy it. I did not enjoy this show at all. I actually was quite disappointed uh, considering that. Uh, again, we don't know what Sony's plans are. Uh, they certainly uh, have a hard time sharing that with us. That is for sure. Um, and uh, we only know at the last minute, which is a little disappointing. I, I have a feeling that we should potentially during the Game Awards get something special. We know that obviously uh, PlayStation and Jeff Keighley do have uh, a connection. That, I mean, that's there. It's, folks, if, it, if you don't like him for it, I, I hear you, but I, I still like Jeff and and what he does over there. And I'm expecting that we are going to get something there. So it's possible that they're holding out for that. But uh, if this is their last show of, uh, of the 21 campaign, man, talk about going off in uh, in a bad foot or jumping off on a bad foot. Uh, Mr. Joanna Dark, let's get your opinion on this. Um, look, one of the things... I, I look, I, I'm I'm an old I'm an old dude. I'm 51 years old, right? So I don't try and use these new kid terms. Of course, someone's gonna ring. You know, Mr. Joanna, let me get your opinion on it. And I'll come with my point after. Sure. Yeah. So I think it's a tale of two companies, right? When it comes to Sony and Microsoft, you know, at the beginning of the generation, Sony came in with some really great games to launch the PS5. You know, you had Miles Morales, you had Dark Souls, uh, Demon Souls, excuse me. Um, and you also had Butt Snacks, which um, I still haven't played, but I want to go back to, and it's great to see that you have some DLC coming down the road, so I can kind of continue to, when I jump in, I can play that. I think what happened here was that kind of what I've seen in the ba- uh, in the past when it comes to marketing on both ends is that a company, you know, might say Microsoft or Sony went and they announced something, and then they had an event the same week. And what they did is to kind of keep that allure and keep that momentum, they let a lot of, you know, us, you know, podcasters and shows kind of hype up the event. Right. Um, yeah, they, 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 let, they let us run the gauntlet with what we're expecting to get the hype. Yeah, I, I completely understand. But, but what I think happened here is that that's also a disservice on either end, whether it's Microsoft or Nintendo or something like that. They should have set expectations of saying, hey, look, we have some games from some amazing indie developers that we want to share with you and kind of let it be that. Because we all know we're so close to the Game Awards that a lot of those big, big announcements are probably going to go over there to the Game Awards. 100%. Yeah. So when I looked at some of these games, you know, Deathverse is not for me. Um, I saw some people saying that they're excited because it's in the Let It Die universe. Um, Actually, that cart... Right, uh, right, adrift. I have played it on PC, and it reminded me the aesthetics of Mod Nation Races, which is one of yeah, my favorite so, games. Yeah, um, and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Death Store, I am so excited that more people get to try out that game, which is a game of the year contender. Two people made that game, game, folks. Two, two people made that game, game of the year on many, many people's list. It's gonna be in my top 10 for sure. When I saw Star Ocean, I said, did Sony buy Xenogears? Uh, because it kind of had that aesthetic. And unfortunately for years, uh, Square hasn't done a great job in giving that game love, that franchise. But I am excited for Star Ocean, and hopefully it turns out well so I can play. Uh, First Class Troubled Citizens, I think is what it was called. Um, I agree with Zemi. It kind of gave me that, you know... Uh, vibe of kind of Among Us and everything like that. And it also looked to me like a, a generic Hitman. 
with some of the stuff that I kind of going. So, um, I'm going to, Hey, I'm going to try it. Right. It's going to be on the service. So I'm going to try it. You know, I'm never going to say, Oh, this game is not great because it may not be for me, but if it's, if it's in the service that I pay for, I'm going to give it a try and you never know. Um, and then little devil inside is one that has me really intrigued. It kind of has that kind of creepy kind of porcelain doll look where it's, it looks cute, but then there's more to it and it can be kind of weird. Um, so I really love how they close with that show. Actually, Five Nights at Freddy. I'm gonna say this. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of fans. I hope it doesn't come back. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Five Nights at Freddy's, but I know there's a there's an actual um, uh, you know following for that. Um, well, I mean, again, like many franchises, there, there's gonna be a subset of people that enjoy. It. That's a very niche. Yes, kind of a game for and, sure. And, and then finally, we um, we are OFK. That looked really cool, and I'm glad that you kind of said it because I was like, "Is that a rhythm game?" Again, I love these games. These kind of like niche games, you know, the R4 it's escape. It's more of a story. Yeah, it's a story about a band, right? It's a pop yep. a pop band. Like I said, I thought yep. that the writing for the the segment that they did, kind of when they were yep. talking, they were like yeah, breaking the fourth wall, what yep. was interesting for sure. <clears throat> did you ever get to play After Party, which is another great game? Yes, and it kind of yes, reminded I did. me. Not with the aesthetics, but kind of the premise of yes. how the game might be. So what I'm excited are, for that. They have a lot of the same color palette from After Party as well. I think overall, um, I think if expectation would have been set and kind of Sony say, hey, look, this is a small showcase kind of um, on third-party indie games. I think it would have been better because these teams worked really hard for this games. Um, and a lot of people kind of made it hyped. And people get hyped. And like Zemi, I don't make my, I don't get myself hyped when they get, when they show me the games and I see these shows, whether it's Xbox and Nintendo, I'm like, oh, you know what? This looks pretty cool. I hope they say it's available now so I can go ahead and purchase it. So overall, I think there was a variety of games that kind of spread out the portfolio on Sony's end. That's not just their first party, but kind of give a little taste of what people may want. You know, if you want something like Among Us, if you want a kart racer um, to kind of jump into. If you want to try Death Story, you've been holding out to play it on, on the PlayStation. It's there. If you love Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, you can continue. Star Ocean, if you like JRPGs, as, as Sony continues to kind of be still the machine that a lot of JRPGs go to. And then if you continue to love fighting games, because, of course, you know, they have Evo. They have Guilty Gears. You have King of the Fighters, which is a long-running franchise um, that's on there. So I think overall, to me, was it a disappointment? No. I went in saying, cool, these are some games that if you do play on the platform, um, they're going to be there for you. I'm definitely going to pick up Little Devil Inside. I'm definitely going to try out Star Ocean. Um, so I think there's more to come. And I think it's going to be at the Game Awards or the long-rumored PS return of PSX, which at this point I don't think it's going to happen because I think they would have announced that. Yeah, I, I'm there. I mean, PSX was when it was when it was first launched uh, and revealed. It, it, I mean, even, even if you weren't a Sony fan, you were watching it, right? Like that's that that's how rabid uh, those uh, th- those shows were. Uh, it, it would be tough um, to do a live one. Obviously, I don't think we get back to doing anything live to may- maybe the end of next year. Hopefully we can get an E3 in this year. Zami, I'd love to meet you in real life. We, you know, we we were talking about. Uh, I mean, I went to my first E3 in 2019 uh, with the Iron Lords. We had it all set up. I mean, we had thanks to King David a mansion. I mean, it was gonna be so good. And of course, you know, the pandemic basically ruined everything for everyone. Uh, but hopefully in 2022 we can get back to in person. Um, you know, even if it's limited. 
Uh, I'd love to get back to in person. I, I met so many people from Xbox, uh, and, and we've talked about it last last night on uh, on Twitter. That chance to meet Aaron Greenberg. That guy's that guy's a boss, man. He stops and talks to everybody. He is as as I put it this way. He is what you see, or what you think you see on 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 the socials. He, he's he's that guy. He's like he in real life. That that's that's him. So it was it was great to meet him. I met everybody. But I didn't meet Phil. Could you imagine the one dude that I wanted to sit there and say, hey, Phil, can I just have a five-second conversation? And I missed him. You know why I missed him? I missed him because I was having my Halo Infinite poster signed by the team. Now, that poster is is hung up somewhere, and that's dope, but I missed out on Phil Spencer. Shame on me. Uh, But, yeah, good stuff as usual. You know, before I get into – what uh, VJ has to say. I got to thank some of the Super Chats. And, of course, the first one comes in from man on the panel himself, Mr. Joanna Dark. He drops a very generous $5 Super Chat and says, hello to the amazing panel of Zemi Games, VJ, and, of course, the incredible host, Mr. Boom. Thank you for that, brother. That's very kind of you. Do not forget to vote for Mr. Boom at the Game Awards Future Class 2021. I'm going to drop that link in here momentarily because, look, folks, you got to sell yourself. And no one is going to give me the award or even give me the nomination unless you vote. Uh, is it going to happen? Probably not. I, I mean, there are so many talented people out there. I don't know if I get on that list, but I would love to. That would be kind of dope. I'll drop that in a second. We also have Aaron JF, good friend of the show, drops a very generous $5. Super Jen says, boom, you are awesome. Generally, gen- generally takes the time to give an ear to those in need. It's been a tough time. Yeah, Aaron, listen, brother, you, we talked in DM. What he's talking about is we had a pr- very, very uh, um, substantial uh, question behind the scenes. Folks, if you DM me, I'm not an asshole. I will get back to you. Uh, I trust me. I get a lot of DMs. I, I try to answer everyone. D, the, the messages on Xbox Live very difficult because there's a ton of them, and I don't get a chance to play as much. And when I play, it takes away. For, I hate to say this, takes away me answering everybody from playing. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I only have so much time. But if you DM me, uh, whether it be just to ask me a question, it's never a bother. I have people. Hey, Mr. Boom, I'm sorry I'm bothering you. Trust me, you're not. If, you, if you're reaching out to me, it's because you want a question answered, and it'd be my pleasure in order to do so. Uh, and Aaron and I had a great conversation behind the scenes. So that's what he is referring to. And Aaron, uh, glad to talk with you, brother. And I'm glad that you're feeling better. Uh, we have Corbini Gaming. Uh, drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, Boom, as you know, I'm a truck driver, and I want to say thank you for your service because without the – a fleet of truck drivers that are bringing our goods, folks. We wouldn't have stuff on the shelves. So th- when you see a truck driver, give them a word of thanks because, you know, there is still a pandemic and it's still dangerous to do your job. Um, he continues with, I've been driving since 4 a.m. Oh, my God, dude. Sorry about that. He says, I'm so glad you're on this morning. It gives me something to listen to. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening, dude. I appreciate it. Good friend of the show, Bunty, drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, remember when people kept saying Sony does the best show? And I kept saying that this is not the old Sony. Times have, uh, times have changed. Uh, and Xbox has been doing great shows. Yeah, we absolutely do. And for sure, he's you're 100% right. Um, I don't know what has changed. Um, but I will say this. Um, if you look back at history, right, we saw a changing of the guard from PS2 to PS3, right? Uh, we to Wii U. 
Xbox 360 to Xbox One, right? When you see those big uh, 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 seismic changes, it's not just at big positions within the company. A lot of the times when someone comes in and takes over, bring a lot of their own people. That's just, that's every business, folks. That's just everyone. Everyone does that. Um, And I don't necessarily know what has changed at Sony regarding their marketing, but it's not good. Uh, I've said this before. They are the masters of marketing. They have been. They did such an incredible job where they logistically curb stomp Microsoft last gen. They 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 beat them at every every aspect of marketing, and that that tenacity is not there. That that's what he's referring to, and I would one hundred percent agree. Brian Hopkins, generous friend of the show, he drops a ten dollars super chat. Says just dropping in to say hi and show support before getting back to work. Good morning, panel. Thank you for all you do uh, for for the show today. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for the generosity, but thank you for the compliments. Definitely appreciate that. And we have Danny Passion official drops a very generous five dollars super chat with a wave emoji and says, "Panel, let's go." If anyone is on the fence to get Marvels. Guardians of the Galaxy, you 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 ha- and you have not you didn't have problems with linear game. You won't be disappointed. Just completed it, dude. I am in chapter five. We're gonna talk about what we're playing, folks. I I, I gotta tell you, um, as someone that walked away from Avengers, unbelievably disappointed for a multitude of reasons. Uh, graphically, game was great story was actually pretty good uh, as for a comic book-esque story pretty good um character models fantastic the loot god awful again we we, we, we had, again we, we had a whole conversation in the room could have been a podcast itself this is not that uh i was on the fence i di- i didn't care about this game not because i didn't care about the guardians i love the guardians of the galaxy but i was like yeah after avengers i, I don't know you know what i'm saying and then I listened to Greg Miller and the dudes uh, uh, and that, that crew from Kind of Funny. I listened to their games cast regarding this. Surprisingly, Greg didn't like it, which is crazy because Greg loves Marvel and DC stuff. Like, I thought he was going to give this rave review. He didn't. Uh, it was actually Blessing uh, and the rest of the crew that were like, yeah, this is going to be in my, 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 you know, top 10 at the end of the year. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. I got to see this. And they kept talking and kept talking. And I said, I looked at some of the reviews and I said, you know what? I got a bunch of GameStop credit. Let me just go and buy this game. And folks, I'm telling you right now, it is, it's really good. It is so good that I tweeted about it. And I, I'm going to say this live on the air because this doesn't happen very often because like I said in a private room, Boom is just nobody, right? He's just a gamer. I'm just like you guys. I have a, I have a podcast. Okay, great. James Gunn himself mr guardians of the galaxy favorited that tweet i'm never washing this hand again folks i'm never washing this tweeting hand again um and of course Stubbs gaming generous friend of the show uh drops an outstanding two pound super chat and says great panel boom i hope vj has tea yes in fact i asked him that before we went even live and yes he has had his tea and speaking of vj vj <coughs> one of the reasons why we love you on the show uh, besides your incredible vocabulary, uh, besides the way that you actually break these um, these topics down. I say this all the time. You have had uh, a very unique way of seeing the gaming industry from multiple perspectives in your career. Um, and uh, seeing from a, from a marketing point of view, 
a show like this could hurt Sony to the point where if you were on the fence and you were like, well, I'm excited because everyone's like always excited about a Sony show. This hmm. was not that show. This was very disappointing. It felt very thrown together. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I didn't watch it, to be quite honest with you. And um, I'll try to give a little bit of a different perspective to, to the other gents just so that the uh, that the audience have got something else to chew on. I think I think J JD, uh, Mr. JD, kindly sort of alluded to the point um, in regards to the toing and froing of the spotlight due to due to um, the shifting of game releases and production schedules because of the recent um, Universal event that occurred. And um, I think he's right. You know, Sony shined earlier on in the generation, and this quarter specifically, it's um, Xbox's time to shine. Yeah. Um, and um, but these things happen, right? Um, and it's not as if it's unexpected, um, given um, the the infrastructure that Microsoft's been putting in place for more than three years now, um, yeah. as far as I can as far as I can recall. And uh, you, you guys are well, far more well versed uh, in terms of Microsoft's history and Xbox Division's history in particular to, to set me straight. So in terms of the show, um, I'm kind of taking a different viewpoint from it. Um, from a gamer's point of view. Um, well, and I guess as an RPG fan, Star Ocean was the only all-important uh, announcement for me, which uh, someone told me about uh, post the post the uh, the streaming of the show, and um, and I watched um, uh, some of the titles roll by, roll by. There was somebody that did an edit, sort of like a two-minute edit of, of the game show, and so I watched that, and I'm, um, and I know that. Um, you know, many of the games kind of reminded me of the time when um, I, I, I watched Backbone, uh, which I think it was it was on a, um, on X Xbox ID Xbox show, and um, I was uh, sort of enamoured with it when I first saw it, and which is in Game Pass right now. Uh, funnily enough, I noticed it yesterday. I downloaded it, so everything I saw on there, unless it's like specifically, you know, uh, been um, earmarked to be exclusive for the Sony platform, which I don't think it was, uh, everything will pretty much turn up uh, or find its way to Xbox. Um, you know, the game, uh, Xbox's sort of Game Pass subscription service. So that was, that was I think, is a key point. Uh, from then, so that's from a gamer's, like a selfish gamer's point of view, right? Um, and then you've got to look at it kind of from Sony corporate standpoint. Um, there are two major games, I think, in Gran Turismo and um, Horizon Zero Dawn, both slipped. And perhaps they would have seen a uh, release this fourth quarter, but you have to look at Sony's history for the last three or four years, as far back as I can remember, only Death Stranding has released uh, in the fourth quarter, fourth calendar uh, calendar year quarter, because Sony typically shy away or, or leave that for, for third parties. They, they really do retreat from fourth quarter releases. They prefer to sort of, uh, released in March just prior to um, their financial year end, and they like to um, dominate summer, you know, um, in terms of not being out of E3, uh, but delivering, you know, a banger, right, um, or, um, at that point of the year, or sandwich summer with a release in, um, I'd say, April, May, and, and September. And, and that's been their recent pattern for the last three, three or four years. So from Sony's standpoint, at the same time, um, when they do release financial results, they often afford the public and more so their shareholders a glimpse of forthcoming releases. It's it's become an obligatory custom if you, if you track back and, and monitor what they do. And again, you know, Sony, like Xbox and any major corporation, has a large marketing and PR division who who can't simply be seen to be sitting around drinking coffee, you know, awaiting releases to hit schedule so they can get to work. And obviously, first quarter for them next year. 
uh, first calendar quarter next year, and their fourth quarter financial year is going to be pretty busy for them. And every division in a corporation has to be contributing to the purpose uh, all of the time, regardless of what division of the company or organization you work in. And, and every promotional step is pretty much sort of, or I say promotional or marketing step is pretty much carved into a PR and marketing schedule. I mean, how can a VP, you know, sit in a monthly or quarterly meeting with nothing planned, prepared or, or orchestrated, regardless of the fact that games may have slipped, um, first party games may have slipped, I, I guess is the point here, and turn up sort of empty handed and and, for, and with nothing to show. And, um, and that doesn't really show that you're being... Um, you're being creative right in managing all the resources that are probably sitting there at the disposable at the disposal right um to promote uh, under his or her disposal I, I don't know who's in charge to promote playstation you simply can't be sitting as i say you simply can't be seen to be sitting around on your hands right a company like sony you, if you work there you, you've got to do whatever you can right to show that you're that you've you've got your position you're going to maintain your position uh, and it's got to be done on a consistent basis so in itself, I think Sony's PR marketing team or machine are contributing what they can based on what they have on hand, which is very little. I think I think Zemi's pointed that out. And they are doing what they can for the PlayStation brand, as I say, in lieu of um, Horizon, Forbidden West, and Gran Turismo, and God of War, etc., and so on and so forth. You guys probably know the games better than I do. So Sony clearly... I, I have to say this is that stated that this was a third party um, content showing. And, and as soon as I'd seen that line prior to the show going live, I already switched off. Um, but then you've got to look at it from a third party developer or, or published perspective, right? For indie games. And, uh, um, and I think what's most important for these guys and why I think that the show there's a silver lining to it specifically for these people is eyes on their games. And um, I was, Sorry, I was going to say, um, um, refer to Fei Wong's Eyes on Me, you know, the Final Fantasy VIII main, main theme. But yeah, I love that game. Sorry. I, I, when the game released, I watched the, the intro about 15 times, right, before I even started playing the game. Anyway, I don't want to go on, uh, off on a tangent. So anyway, we, we, we've seen that. Um, we've seen time and time again what it means to developers, especially indie, indie developers, to have their games, which... We know, boom, um, you know, they infuse or imbue, you know, sort of blood, sweat and tears, right? Um, and to have your game, you know, showcased, showcased on, a, on, a, on a platform holder's uh, screening or live event or whatever, or digital event or whatever, is, is, is something fantastic. And I think Joe, you know, the, um, the developer of Song of Iron, you know, a, a very good friend of yours, Boom, which is well known yes. to you, um, would have told you and anyone, you know, who would care to listen, I guess, right, how much it meant to him and his family and his friends, right, that have supported him through his journey to be showcased on the idea Xbox estate of play equivalent, um, a proud moment in anyone's history. And 90% of content um, creating, you know, people aspiring to create games, you know, don't make it. And then even, you know, perhaps even a fraction of those guys that do make it um, get the, get to have their game showcased um, or, uh, or, or, as I say, on, on an event such as this. And, um, <laughs> I think also, um, while it's not one of Sony's best outings, uh, far from it, I should say, um, I, I think there's loads of psychological connotations in play here, which I won't go into. Uh, it's probably an offline chat or, or a completely different marketing PR 
podcast in itself. We may have to invite um, Zemi on for that one, uh, but I don't know if he's if he'll be on loan or if we'll have to pay for him to come over from Xbox or Xbox Factor podcast. But anyway, um, n- nonetheless, um, I think that there is perhaps uh, a deeper, considerable logic to why Sony did this. And uh, as gamers, perhaps we don't really care. But from my perspective, because I do look at it, things at slightly different perspective, uh, if I can, labeling labeling it tawdry. Uh, that one's for you, Zemi, is uh, perhaps a little harsh. And I mean, if you don't, sorry, I mean, I shouldn't usually really use words like that, but it it basically means sort of like, you know, showy, but cheap and and poor quality. But yeah, but labeling it tawdry, um, I think is perhaps a little harsh. um, And uh, that's my take on it. I mean, listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Obviously, uh, you know, know, no one likes labels, but again, this is what I was going to say before I was rudely interrupted by UPS who dropped off a package. and that's always homage to uh, uh, the early days of Kind of Funny when Greg Miller would make a joke out of it. Um, you got to keep it 100, right? Like, um, and, uh, you know, w- w- in recent years, uh, we have seen many people in the community as well as the media immediately jump down uh, Microsoft's uh, throat for a bad showing. Uh, didn't see much of that, which is, you know, that's kind of just to be expected. It is what it is, you know. Um this was a poor showing. Uh, this was, uh, a, a, and I'm going to be honest with you. You know, VJ, you bring up a great point. If you are a small developer and you're a, your your game you've been working on that you have your cousin working on uh, and your mom, you know, doing the advertising because you know you're you're that, you're that small and we all start out that small. Uh, I actually think it was a detriment to them because no one walked away from this. Most people turned it off. No, mm-hmm. Most people didn't get through the entire thing. I got through it twice, by the way, two times because I wanted to make sure, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Incredible. Now, I'm not going to sit here in front and didn't say I didn't kind of fast forward things. But, you know, I take my notes and then I, I go back and I make sure certain things, release dates or whatever. I want to make sure that I'm very specific with when, when I write these shows. So technically, I watched it twice and it was worse the second time. And I know mm-hmm. many people that walked away from this and didn't get through it once. So mm-hmm. if you are said small developer. And this was where people saw your game. Maybe they didn't. Uh, that's because so- Sony threw this together. They threw Fair this point. together, in my opinion, to take to, 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 to take some to attempt to take views away or excitement away from the Halo news. I, that's that's what it seemed like to me. That's why you do these things because this wasn't scheduled months in advance. This was thrown together, hmm. and and it, and it and it did seem like that, and that's why. I said what I said, and everyone is entitled to their opinion on, yeah, were there some interesting things there? Sure, absolutely. But. And it's Mr. Boom. It's funny that yes, you sir. say that because, you know, usually what I like about some of the state of place is that they're kind of, they transition nicely and everything is nicely placed together of like the type of games that you get, you know, from scene to scene. And for some reason, the pacing just felt a little bit off. Like, you know, like putting this game with this game right after another, it just felt like something, you know, when we put a PowerPoint together right away, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yes, absolutely. Um, Great point, dude. Great point. And at the end of the day, like I said before, they were great games. I just feel that there should be similar to like Nintendo, where there should be a separate state of play that really highlights these amazing indie developers so they can get visual, you know, eyes on these amazing games coming to not only Sony, but maybe other platforms, but specifically for Sony fans. And overall, just kind of, you know, keep those expectations because, you know, I think one of the things now that we've been in this unfortunate, you know, change of the world is that 
we've now we think that every single show needs to be a 10. And that's not really true. I like yeah. sometimes kind of getting my snacks in between and kind of getting those little in between as I await for the bigger titles. But there definitely can be a state of play that's, you know, they can name it the way Nintendo does with like, you know, state of indies or something like that. Yeah. Um, where it definitely highlights these hardworking people that are working on these amazing games. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Listen, folks, again, we're going to get into the two big topics now. Uh, I'm glad you're hanging around. We have over, wow, almost 350 people here, which is awesome. Real quick, before we get into the the uh, nitty-gritty, if you will, uh, got to make a special announcement. Uh, this upcoming uh, Monday's primetime gaming is going to be monster for a couple of reasons. One, it's Mrs. Boomstick's birthday, November 1st. Now, normally I take off. Like I just, I'm spending time with her. She didn't want no part of that because we're technically celebrating with her sisters the following weekend, uh, you know, in the Spa Spanish heritage, celebrating your birthday before bad luck. Don't do it. Uh, and obviously we're going to have a little thing, you know, just me and her and hang out this weekend and play a little Mario party. Uh, you know, the new one that just la launched uh, and uh, just hang out. But her, her, actual event is going to be the following weekend but what we're doing for primetime gaming and why i'm actually still doing the show is at her request uh she is uh now adding to the lists of giveaways that we do each and every year uh is she wanted her own day so we're doing a a, a mrs broom's birthday bash and you guys you folks are going to be this uh the recipients of $300 that she donated, $300 worth of gift cards, six $50 gift cards that we're giving away. Uh, if you are a channel member, you're going to get an extra entry. If you drop a super chat, you get an extra entry. And if you're in the chat, you get a total of three, total of three entries. And it just brings your, 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 your shot of getting a prize, one of the $50 gift cards of your choice. PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, you tell us where you want it. We send it to you. And uh, and we're even opening this up to uh, the UK. Uh, and I say that because I know that we can't transfer uh, Xbox monies. But if you are in the UK and you do win, uh, there are a multitude of cash apps. There's a multitude of uh, if you have PayPal, we'll send you the money. We pay the, 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 the back end price of sending the money. So don't worry, uh, UK, you are involved as well. Uh, and that is going to be 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, primetime gaming. But it's not just that. Uh, we have two monster guests that are joining us to celebrate Mrs. Boone's birthday, and one of which is my brother, uh, Lord Cognito from the Iron Lords podcast, will be joining us. But we're also getting special Nick from Xbox Era to join us. Uh, those are two monster, uh, uh, you know, uh, podcasters, content creators. Hopefully he'll bring some maybe a special, uh, you know, birthday news drop. I mean, we, we don't know. You know, you never know what you're going to get with Nick. Uh, but we are going to get uh, his, his famous opening that you do get with him every time he's on Xbox. How you doing? You know, we, we hopefully we'll get that as well. So, yeah, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, primetime gaming and the lead topic, folks. Uh, is something that my brother, King David, has been talking about for quite some time. And what is that? Uh, is that Sony is getting into the PC game, and that was announced, and that set the internet on fire. I have written a show around what what has happened. And, uh, yeah, folks, uh, Sony is has, has uh, announced yesterday that they have an entire uh, PC PlayStation division. 
I think it's only a matter of time before day and date is happening. Uh, but there were a lot of PlayStation owners that were very uh, upset. Let's just say that we're going to break it down with our guests and our panel. But let me just catch up with two in the Super Chats. One comes in, and this is awesome, because I saw this name mentioned multiple times on ILP when I was a guest. And here he is dropping not only a Super Chat, but he's a subscriber to the channel, which is which is dope. All the way from India, folks. Uh, Gameonomics drops a very generous, and this says it's 100 uh, uh, rupees, which, which is equivalent of $5. Well, thank you for the generosity, because you don't actually have to drop anything. He says, I had zero expectations from State of Play, and I am still disappointed. P.S. I subscribed to you after you came on ILP. Currency is Indian rupees, by the way. Well, thank you, brother. Definitely appreciate that. Um, let's see what else we got over here. Uh, who? No, no, your, your mic volume is fine, Joanna Dark. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about Don't even sweat it. Uh, we have uh, Gerald Mack drops an additional $2. And what he says, folks, uh, head over to uh, the Xbox store or Microsoft store. Apparently, um, after a $2 super chat, the Series X is available to add to cart. So uh, check that out immediately. If you didn't, if you don't have an X, if you're looking to get one, whether it is to sell, don't do that, or potentially get for a loved one for Christmas, now might be a chance. Lazy Couch Gamer drops a very generous five pound super chat and says, Did you guys see the dislikes on Dr. Disrespect's video? Uh, LOL, hating on Halo doesn't seem to be uh, uh, be the AU Vogue thing to do anymore. Look, look, here's the thing. What what, what could a guy with 9,000 subs say about Dr. Disrespect other than then he's going to do what he's going to do for money, right? Um, and I, 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 I think um, they are saying um, that, you know, listen, uh, hating on Xbox not cool anymore. It used to be a thing. Uh, a lot of people built their channels on that. I won't mention them here because I don't respect them. And, you know, if I don't respect someone, I just keep it, you know, behind, behind the scene. I don't have to talk about anyone. I'm not looking to get clout that way. You come to the channel because you like the good content. Um, some people got, got very popular. Some people have thousands more than me in subs because they built their channels on hate. Not something you're going to get here. Mm. Uh, we don't. We don't. We don't do that here. Uh, we, we 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 bring topics you want to talk about, and that's what I want to get into next, folks. We got to get into now. This is again a smaller topic that no one is talking about, but I think it's worthy of a conversation for a multitude of reasons. And then we're going to close the show with the Starfield uh, conversation and why I think, just based on that, Microsoft might have already won 2022. Um, but let's 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 talk about award seasons, folks. Um, award season is upon us, um, and we are obviously the granddaddy of of any year uh, for the past several years. Is Jeff Keighley's Game Awards 2021, and for good reason. I mean, obviously, it, it, it is it is viewed by the most. He does have an incredible reach when it comes to who he's going to get there, what he's going to get there. A lot of, uh, you know, never before reveals. We've seen Microsoft just uh, in 2019 just completely uh, just drop bombs, you know, with the Series X and Hellblade announcement. No one saw that coming. Um, but Games Radar, who is not small on a totem pole. I mean, they're a pretty big, uh, uh, you know, website. 
they're they're holding their 39th annual Golden Joystick Awards. And one of the studios that is leading in nominations um, is Double Fine Studios, led by industry icon Tim Schafer with Psychonauts 2. And it has received six nominations, folks. Uh, And here is what it was nominated for. Uh, uh, Best Storytelling, Best Visual Design, uh, Xbox Game of the Year, Best Performance, Ultimate Game of the Year, and Double Fine as Studio of the Year. Now, listen, I don't have an investment in the studio because I'm just a fan, but I'm getting goosebumps. And I can only imagine that if you worked at the studio and you're reading what you're being nominated for, they must be ecstatic. Um, Again, we talked on the opening of the show. This is a game that is very different than what was originally going to be sold uh, because it was a Kickstarter game. It was a crowdfunder. Uh, it wasn't Kickstarter. It was a crowdfunded game. Um, and a lot of the boss battles, a lot of the, the end game stuff that they Microsoft allowed Tim Schafer to finish uh, that team and finish their, their views and their dreams of what they wanted Psychonauts 2 to become. We're all playing right now. Uh, Zemi, I want to go to you first on this. This is, this is exciting, not from a console war point of view. From the studio that could have potentially been one of those studios that found its way out of business because they just could, did not make enough money. They get purchased by Xbox, Xbox or Microsoft, inundates them with, 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 with uh, spendable monies, allows them to not only finish the game, but finish the game when they said it was finished. This game had multiple release dates prior. It was delayed several times. And, you know, some people may say that's a curse. It's a blessing. This is one of those times where you look at the delays that came with this and you look at what the final product was. And it is not only going to potentially win all six of these nominations. I believe it wins all six. I believe that whatever it was nominated for, Zemi, it sweeps. But I think that this is going to be uh, play a major uh, or actually throw a monkey wrench into the and shake up the Game Awards, uh, uh, Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, and potentially do a Last of Us kind of a, 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 of a walkthrough. Uh, wh- wh- where do you fall on Psychonauts 2? Are you happy to see Tim Schafer and that team getting these awards? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, I absolutely enjoyed Psychonauts, I mean, incredibly, right? And and I'm not the biggest platformer fan, right? Um, right. But... I I absolutely just loved Psychonauts 2 to pieces. It was a fantastic, phenomenal game. And, uh, you know, any, any you know, awards or nominations that it gets, it, it most certainly uh, deserves 100%. And, and <clears throat> you know, the story of the studio and, and, and uh, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of it and, and how Microsoft acquired it and, and, you know, with the extra funding... Double Fine was able to, um, you know, add in uh, additional features and and you know completely finish their their vision that was Psychonauts Two is very inspiring and it's just a fantastic story all the way around. Um, now, as far as you know, it it you know sweeping the Game Awards, 
you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, say that that's going to happen, nor do I expect that, you know, kind of uh, thing to happen uh, just because, you know, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of games that, that, that came out this year and a lot of really, really good games uh, that, that has came out this year. And, you know, whenever we're talking about the game awards, wh whatever outlet we're talking about it with, whether it's the, the, the video game awards um, that that's created by Jeff Keighley or, you know, it's Games Radar um, or, or whatever other outlet, you know, everything is always just based in, you know, um, and, and, and what each publication or what each, you know, person personally liked. It, it's very objective, right? Oh, and, for sure, for sure. And, and not not to also mention that, you know, different, you know, entities or organizations that do award shows, they have different methods in, in which, you know, they nominate games. And there's different people, of course, that actually nominate each game at, at each, you know, every organization. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I expect uh, or, you know, I, I think should happen that that Psychonauts, you know, uh, kind of, you know, runs, you know, across the game awards and wins multiple, multiple awards. I definitely think that, you know, it is deserving 100% of winning at least one or two uh, awards, uh, namely, you know, probably platformer of the year, I think. Um, but there's so many great games that came out this year. Uh, I, I don't think it's fair to necessarily say that Psychonauts should should run the mill and, and get all of the awards. You know, I, I don't really particularly like seeing that happen at any game awards show. I, I want everyone to to be able to jump in and and win some you know accolade for for the hard work that they put in, right? Um, you know, with that being said, you know, some games are just exceptionally really really good and should win a couple of awards uh, at each show, but. Um, overall, you know, I, I think it will be nominated for a couple of different, uh, you know, sections during the game awards. Uh, and, you know, I, I would like to see it win platformer of the year, maybe another section, uh, it, you know, it, it's very deserving, but like I said, a lot of games came out this year. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition, uh, even, even whenever just looking at Xbox's first party, uh, the, the games that have come out this year, there's a lot of great competition to, uh, to go against uh, Psychonauts for Game of the Year. You know, Halo Infinite, um, Forza Horizon 5, which looks graphically just absolutely incredible. There's there's a lot of competition this year, for sure. I mean, look, here, here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to promote that uh, A said game should win all sure. because of its story. What I'm saying is that sure. uh, this is a game, a first-party game, Right, that's mo that's multiplat, right? If if they got they they hit the nail with the writing and they did, hit the nail with the <laughs> storytelling, they did, hit the nail with the graphics and the boss interaction and the overarching story and the replayability and you know you want to you want to factor in studio of the year. I absolutely think it should win all. It it, it should sweep if, if it gets nominated nine times. At the Game Awards, I mm -hmm. don't care who it's going up against. Whether it goes Halo, it can go up against. I would want to see the little the little studio that could win it all. I'd like to see them get up there and literally be so tired by the end of the night that they walked <laughs> up there that when he goes and checks his stepper, he's at thirteen thousand steps 
because that, that yeah, many times but, walked up and back and forth. I, I don't think that the video game award should be, you know, a which studio do we like the most? I, I think it what should it is, really though. be based off of the actual games that, that yeah, no, 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 but, but, but and, and and we haven't even played Halo Infinite, nor have we played Forza Horizon, nor have we played a lot of other games that, that are still set to come out this year. So yeah. I, I just I, I don't think it's the safest thing to say, hey, we should we should uh, we should hopefully they they win everything because you know we still haven't played a lot of games that 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 are still set to come out this year no i mean listen i i mean I, well first of all halo isn't going to be in the conversation unless they do some sort of a special entry because it's that's it's true out because it's it past, absolutely right? uh i mean i i think that you know you could potentially i i said this before about forza horizon 5 based on what we've seen it's probably going to be a game of the year for many many people it's gonna win sports mm. slash racer of the year without even it's, it's, it doesn't even have to show up. It just have to just sit home and just expect someone to knock at the door to to, to to hand them the trophy because the game is gonna be that good. I still think that it could potentially be in the actual end of game of the year those six or seven eight titles. It could potentially be there as well, and I'd like to see it. But I, I'm not gonna sit here and suggest that uh, just because of of the story they should win it. The game mm -hmm. is just that good. And I think that if if they get nominated six times, um, they're getting nominated because they deserve to be there. And I think that even if they go up some, against something like, for instance, uh, many fan favorites, Death's Door is going to be a lot of people's game of the year. Uh, it's in my top ten for sure. I wouldn't pick Death's Door over Psychonauts for a multitude of reasons. Uh, and it's not because I'm trying to... Uh, you know, uh, you know, jump on a console bandwagon because Death's Door is an Xbox exclusive until the end of November when it releases on the PlayStation. So it's not that. It's just that it's one of those stories that you see the end product. The end product is as good as we're being sold. And, you know, you have to add the story to that. A lot of the voting for a lot of people, at least for me, is what we're getting. It is the story. It is the gameplay. It is the control. It is the replayability. Those are super important. But the little sprinkle on top of this delicious Banana Boat Sunday that they've presented me is the story of this game may not have been uh, what it what what we're playing if it wasn't for Microsoft stepping in during the um, and announcing at the uh, at E3 2019 that they purchased them. This, this game would not be the same game. It might be a shell of its former self. So, yes, the story does play, but it for me, all the accolades, it's it's important that, you know, that, that we do talk about it. But I, your, your, your point is well taken. Mr. Joanna Dark, let's, let's get your opinion on this. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to raise your volume of your mic Um and uh, let's let's get your uh, let's get your 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 opinion on this. This is a, this is again, it's a it's a fun story because um, these are the type of experiences. These are the type of accolades that we have seen PlayStation and Nintendo run the gauntlet with. Right. We've seen Nintendo in the same year drop um, Breath of the Wild and Mario, Mario Odyssey. Two iconic games that are Switch classics that, by the way, are still full price. P.S., by the way, 18 years later, they're still full price. Um, and they were both 
in that game of the year conversation because both games deserve to be there. It wasn't that, oh, it's the return of Nintendo because the Switch is great. It was that these games were great. And now I think that we're going to start seeing that with a lot of the Microsoft games. And I think the first two to get in that conversation is, of course, Forza Horizon, but more importantly, Psychonauts 2. Where do you feel on the accolades that it's starting to receive and should continue to receive through award season? So I took some notes as I was looking at this, you know, for the Golden Joystick Awards and kind of what they were nominated. So these are uh, some of the ones that I agree that they could probably win. I think best storytelling. I thought it was an amazing story, especially one that did justice not only for returning players, but for players that have never even jumped into the series. Yes. And it had some really, really deep, mature undertones. But in a way, it kept it also light. So I love that kind of balance that despite this really dark story, there was kind of a little, you know, um, light tone to it. I think visual designs, I loved Psychonauts overall, top down, from the levels to the characters to the overall, just kind of like the art style. It reminded me of my favorite movies like Tim, you know, these Tim Burns kind of Nightmare Before Christmas type, you know, claymation type titles. Studio of the Year, I think for years, um, Double Fine has been an amazing studio. And kind of like we've seen with In Exile and we've seen with um, some other studios like, you know, we can go on House Marquee. The What happens when you actually have the resources and the backing of a Microsoft and a Sony to really flesh out the vision of something that you want to do? Um, and I think that's great. Uh, best Performer? I disagree with Elijah Wood because I did like Jack Black's character, but I also think we can have uh, Colt from Deathloop and Maggie from Lady Demonstrisk in Resident Evil Village. Yes, those are uh, great picks too. Great picks, and I and I think Deathloop is gonna is gonna see its its fair share of awards as well. Ultimate Game of the Year. Here's where I kind of kind of go back also to what Zemi was saying. This year has been kind of weird in the sense that. There hasn't been a game like, per se, example, 2018, God of War, hands down to me, was the best game of that. Or when we had The Last of Us, hands down, the best game of that generation. We've had some amazing games that have been game of the year contenders that can, anyone can win. Um, I go with Hitman 3. You forgot about Hitman 3 in January. I thought that was a phenomenal conclusion to the Hitman uh, overall story arc that uh, IO did. Deathloop which I know currently is a PlayStation, but also on PC where I played it. I love the story of Deathloop. I thought it was what... The writing is phenomenal. The best parts of a culmination of everything that Arcane has done with, you know, Dishonored, with uh, Prey kind of coming together. Um, I just beat it last week, and it's just like, wow. Uh, And then I also have Death Store, which harkens back to my favorite Zelda, of course, A Link to the Past. And I kind of have, and I love that game. Um, And then, as a Nintendo fan, Metroid Dread, The Return of Samus. And I think that game, yes, people can argue it's a tired and true formula, but you know what? There are little things here and there in the details. Uh, I think Digital Foundry did a great job in the sense of how Samus moves and kind of putting those details to immerse you into that world. Um, So to me, can Psychonauts win ultimately? Oh, of course. I think it has everything going for it when you kind of said as well with like Mario Odyssey and everything like that. But I also see other ones that can also kind of go in there and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I was a little bit upset last year when when Doom Eternal didn't get 
uh, any type of awards, which I thought Doom Eternal was fantastic as a game yeah. overall. Um, and you're going to see different outlets. You know, IGN has one. PC Gamer has one. They all have these different awards. Of course, Jeff Keighley is the biggest stage, of course, the Game Awards. So right. many of us take that into account. But I think throughout the years, you're going to see different outlets give Game of the Years. Now, can we have a Haiti situation where it just runs away through every single outlet? Of course. Yeah. And I think Psychonauts 2 is an incredible um, game that brought tears to my eyes. And I loved it as a franchise. I even purchased the Rhombus of Ruin and played on Oculus just to make sure I got everything of the story. Uh, and if they do win, I would say it would be Best Storytelling, Studio of the Year, and Best Visual Design would be um, my take when it comes to some of the things that might take if they don't take the Ultimate Game of the Year. And, and I mean, again, great stuff from you. Great stuff from Zemi. Uh, you, may, you guys bring up some great points. The disturbance before, folks. If you want to know who rang the bell, where's my camera? <laughs> yes, I am a Switch guy, and I do buy all my stuff uh, um, old school style. Because here's the thing: uh, if you didn't know, if you're ever in a jam financially, and we all are at times, right? You know, like I, I, I don't find myself to be in that way anymore because I'm very specific. As a retired guy, you got to learn to live a little different. Uh, when it's just the one check. I, I used to work overtime for games. That was easy. Hey, I'll just walk, work this detail over the weekend, work eight hours, and you know, as, as an NYPD, we, we, did, we did all right for ourselves. So I would actually pay for my games through overtime. I can't do that anymore. So I have, Game Pass is big, which just saves me a lot of money. But, yeah, I buy all my stuff physically for Nintendo because if you ever had to sell it, folks, you're getting maximum money. They're the only ones that hold such re unbelievable value. And that's something that me and Mrs. Boom are going to be playing this weekend. And one of our favorite games from, I think it's Mario Party 2, <clears throat> Eats a Pizza. I can't wait. I, I, again, it, 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 it's, it's silly. It's silliness. But you know what? That's what gaming is all about. Um, $44 for Mario Kart Double Dash still in 2021. There you go, Crazy. folks. There you go. Perfect example. If you have that game and you need money, $44, you could probably get, you could sell that on eBay for 40 bucks, maybe even 50 and get it. Um, VJ, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, this is, this is a, a very unique topic uh, because it's a, it's, it's a lot of uh, emotion. It is a lot of what ifs, right? Uh, it's a lot of speculation. You know, we're not going into speculation town uh, for this one. But um, the Golden uh, Joystick Awards uh, is confident. Uh, and uh, th this is their 39th annual. They've been doing it for a very, very long time. Um, and Games Radar has been around a bit, right? They're, they're one of those, uh, those, you know, they're, they're high production value. They're, they're, you know, they're up there. Um, and uh, seeing that that's, uh, you know, uh, a game that would have been incredibly different if it wasn't for Microsoft stepping in and doing what they did. Um, to get these kind of awards, these kind of accolades is uh, it's great. It's great to see. I'm happy for Tim Schafer. I'm happy for the, the small team, by the way, at uh, Double Fine Studio. They are considered by many to be considered a bit of an indie themselves because of the size. Uh, where do you particularly fall with everyone's commentary uh, and more, more specifically about the awards that they are being nominated for? Um, look, I, I can understand um, or what or why people gravitate right to an annual award 
show, you know, full of sort of oof, splendor, ceremony, uh, trophies, distinctions and accolades and, and you know, and the circus that sort of inevitably ensues. I, I don't particularly watch watch them uh, now in my in my latter years, but, you know, honours and awards aside, um, it was just something um, JD said um, that sort of sparked a thought on me. Um, and and I put all that sort of stuff aside since, you know, as Zemi was saying, um, these are always perhaps pretty close run things behind the scenes. I I, I don't know what, how what what's actually made visible to us in terms of how, why and how these um, things are awarded. And and the reason the other reason why I kind of stay away from them is because, <laughs> the, you know, once the awards are dished out, right, they often cause division, if not, you know, heated debate, you know, uh, it, within an ecosystem, let alone, let alone, you know, sort of versus another ecosystem. And um, and 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 the, back, back to the point that JD was making, um, the reason why perhaps they're they're not as important because. You only have to look at the the reception Psychonauts 2 received, which, let's be honest, Boom, prior to the release of the game, I think we discussed like Tim Schafer, Double Fine, about two or three times, right, in, in the in, in the space of about four weeks, and uh, as, as topics on on the on the on the on the on the usual Thursday show, um, and um, and as I say, you know, when when you when when you look at Psychonauts, you, you know, for me anyway, um, it brought, um, as JD was saying, a shapely smile and a, and a pleasant feeling to many gamers, if not all gamers that have actually sat down and, and wholeheartedly um, experienced it, right, um, rather than sort of just consuming the content, which, which I think a lot of it does go on, right, in in present day, just due to the sheer amount of content that's uh, available for us to to to, to enjoy. So. If you if you look at Double Fine, um, you know their latest game, right? Uh, Psychonauts Two. Regardless of you know sort of nominations, um, honors, and trophies, um, I think that they should receive an award. And again, I'm just st st staying in tune with uh, with JD. They should receive an award for being able to produce a universal title um, that perhaps sort of emanates an exuberance, um, a humor, a joy, a youthfulness, a, a sprightliness, right? Something along those lines, right? Uh, that all gamers can can um, you know enjoy and are pretty much well. I found myself enamoured to, to to the game, and um, I think if you're if you're open-minded enough, um, open-hearted enough, um, accepting enough, and, and benevolent enough, I, I think you'll find uh, like playing um, Psychonauts too. That it's a that it's a that it's, that it kind of hits a cheery mark, right? Uh, on on many occasions, right? Throughout the um, the beats of the game, right, and and the gameplay loop, and it kind of it kind of encapsulates. And I think this is a lot to do with Tim Schafer. I think he's pretty young at heart. It kind of encapsulates uh, an energy a few other games do, especially considering, you know, the uh, the relatively sort of recorded, um, you know, modest resources um, the, that the game received and that were available to the studio, but. I kind of have to mention Ratchet and Clank. I haven't played the latest Ratchet and Clank, therefore I can't tell you if Insomniac's sort of far bigger budget uh, game evokes that the, the, the same energy that one imbibes uh, from experience Psychonauts 2. What I mean to say is that uh, perhaps you know both games you know continually drive a player's imagination and need for discovery because uh, they're both you know they're just so creative, um, but they do it in an, an exuberant and sparkling way, unlike unlike many many other games. And but the key difference being. It's expected from Insomniac, right? And Double Fine was the little studio that could. 
And that sentiment is not wasted on me, on you, Boom, and, and I think perhaps many, many listeners um, that tune into this show um, or whoever's dumb enough to listen to me. But as at the same time um, that I, you know, that I sort of personally sort of acknowledge and under, understand that recognition, appreciation, remembrance, uh, you know, recalling of great memories are factors depending on, you know, on your conditioning and stuff like that. Even though I'm not sort of, you know, uh, sort of really interested in, in the show, I, I can understand, you know, why a trophy, you know, um, may also be good for, you know, for company morale, uh, more tangibly help, you know, studios sort of securing support from publishers, uh, funding, uh, you know, growing in trust, uh, especially when they're looking for their next project, right, uh, or funding for the next project. And, um, you know, it's always good to have, um, you know, an accolade cabinet with with the trophies inside it, right, especially if it's sitting in your pretty reception area. And so I, I can understand the point of the of the event and, and what it, how it can help studios. But, but I think Tim, you know, I, I think... He's, as I say, he's produced a game that that captured that captured my imagination. He and the individuals at Xbox uh, that championed the studio have my thanks, and um, I would say, boom! You know, if I was just looking at a cold light a day, I think it's subscription dollars put to good use. Um, but the truth is, no matter how much we talk about the game, I, I think Tim doesn't, or, or you know, want him to receive awards and so on and so forth. And I, I can't sit here as judge and jury because that won't be right because. I don't even know all the other games that are nominated and I probably haven't played any of them or, or very few of them. But the truth, the truth is Tim doesn't, doesn't need it. Someone like him who's been around for so, so long, uh, he knows how to row his boat and he's been around the block or, or the castle moat or the Bay area, if you prefer. I would like to, <laughs> I, I would, <laughs> I would like to see how Tim performs um, with a, with a, with a larger budget, more yes. in line with, sailing a let's say uh, a modern super yacht right rather than a small rowing boat and that for me is far 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 more interesting and there's a point you made very early on um in the build-up to, to the topic boom uh where you said you can't wait to see what he comes up with next and that's where i exactly where i am right now yeah um i'm hungry for more and as i say with a larger budget with his with his super yacht um, perhaps he'll turn the yacht into a studio who knows um studio on the thames or something anyway um for for me, that's far more interesting than any than any award ceremony, um, and um, and I think and I say that because it's after these award ceremonies pass, uh, no one other than a handful will recall, remember, or commit you know such events to memory, but they will commit Psychonauts to the game, and um, as JD was saying, right, the sentiment of in terms of you know, the memories and, and the thoughts that he was evoking from his experience of playing the game, right? Even to the point where perhaps, you know, uh, he had a tear, you know, in his eye. Um, and it's probably because it was in Game Pass, but I'm, I'm not judging. But again, um, award or no award, um, we can all agree or disagree, uh, whatever, right? Um, I think the key thing for me, Boom, when we talked about Tim prior to even launching the game is that when he takes center stage prior to the game's launch and whatever he ends up showing in the future, um, when, when he appears on that stage, we're all somewhat leavened, right, by his presence, and uh, I hope that continues um, in the, in the future. So I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't doubt it I, that it will. Uh, Mr. Joanna Dark, you want to jump in with something regarding Ratchet? Yeah. So I thought Ratchet and Clank was a, a phenomenal game. I loved it, you know, as a, as a huge fan of the series. But I just felt 
that it didn't expand on in the sense of kind of reinvent of what a platformer is. Mm -hmm. Yes, it had these nice things where you can kind of go into these portals and it was pretty cool. But I can't wait to see what they do next with Ratchet and kind of come back and kind of reinvent it with some other cool things. Um, the storytelling, you know, it was short, but that's fine. I like these tightness experiences. But again, it, um, it nothing, not a knock on it because I always like more of, of the same. And that's always great. But it just, to me, it just didn't feel like, um, kind of like when I jumped into, again, Psychonauts, since we're talking about it, where I played the original and I came to, to Psychonauts 2 and I said, like, wow, tighter storytelling, tighter platforming, and just overall kind of Tim Schafer unleashing his creativity due to the fact, let me skim on this because I don't have the actual, uh, you know, financials to do this. And he even said it with the boss fights. Um, and we forget that for years, Double Fine's been making games like Grim Fandango, you know, Costume Quest, all these amazing games. Um, and it's, I think, in the end, the reason th these awards are being given is because it's kind of a redemption story of a person who's been such uh, a big thing in the in the industry, and he's finally got to unleash uh, his creativity to its full potential to an extent. Yeah, no, that I mean, gr great, great point. I mean, listen, what, what could you say? But uh, again, I'm happy for Tim. Happy for the the team over there, and uh, I agree with everyone. I, I honestly cannot wait to see what he is going to do. And of course, whatever they're going to do next, it's going to be their decision. Microsoft isn't saying, "Hey, make the next Banjo Kazooie." Even though I would love for them to do that, that's not going to happen. Tim already said it, so my heart's broken. But whatever it is, it's going to be. It is going to be an original Tim Schafer double fine product. And it's going to have an incredible story, and it's going to have incredible graphics, and it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be unique in its in, in in its own Tim Schafer kind of a way. That's very exciting. But we have to get into the biggest topic of the e of the evening of the of today, and we're going to be talking some uh, some Starfield. Uh, I know uh, Zemi Games can't wait to get into that. No, I do want to go first to Joanna Dark on this because I know he's limited. I think yeah, you have to be out of here by 12, so we don't want to hold you up on what you got to do. But let, let's get into it, folks. Let's, let's, let's you know, rip off the Band-Aid, so to speak. You know, during Microsoft's unrivaled E3 2021, Bethesda Starfield was confirmed multiple times as an exclusive for Xbox and Windows PC. Now, this, in my opinion, was a gut check for many of the Bethesda fans who only game on PlayStation. Um, now, I know Zemi has a different opinion on exclusives, but Microsoft didn't spend nearly $8 billion to allow these, these, these very unique experiences on anywhere uh, that's not an Xbox or a PC or obviously has games, uh, Game Pass. We've heard uh, um, um, Phil Spencer himself say, you'll find the games wherever Game Pass is. And we know that Game Pass is not coming at any point to PlayStation or even Nintendo for that matter. That has been confirmed this year. They just, I, I think they would, they would uh, be allowing Microsoft to eat some of their lunch if Game Pass did come onto those services. Um, and so if you want to play these games, you either got to play them on your beefy PC or you got to play it on Xbox or anywhere where Game Pass is. That is your tablet, your phone, your refrigerator. Uh, you, later on this year, it's going to be on your TVs with the app. Uh, but since that confirmation, Bethesda has openly discussed Starfield. Uh, they talked about it. God Howard has talked about it. They're very excited. It, it is his biggest project. It is his dream 
project. We do know about that. But the biggest behind-the-curtain look came uh, last week with the Settled Systems uh, short video where they talked about multiple factions within the game. And of course, during this conversation that was uh, that was uh, you know had during this very short video interlude, if you will, um, they talked about the two biggest factions in the settled systems being the United Colonies and the Free Star Collective. Now, though they had a big war, that war is you know has gone on for for what seemed like years, but they also talked about uh, some of these subsection. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, groups that you're going to run into in the game and what you would expect a Bethesda game to hold. They talked about the ecliptic mercenaries, the pirates of the Crimson Fleet, uh, a bunch of, uh, there's, there's a group out there called the Violent Spacers, and there's also a fanatical, not surprising for a bunch, uh, you know, a Bethesda game, uh, a fanatical religious group known as the House of Moreau. Um, these are, again, it was a short video. It didn't show any gameplay, but it what's interesting uh, are a couple of a couple of tidbits here. Um, obviously, we don't know what 2022 is going to hold in regards to what has not been announced. Right. We know that there's going to be Breath of the Wild, too. Right. We know that there's going to be Horizon Forbidden West. Right. We know that for an absolute fact. We also know that Bethesda is releasing the first new IP and on a scale this big in, in probably a decade, right? Uh, this is going to be a big game for Microsoft. It is a monster exclusive. It is an, a game that's coming directly into Xbox Game Pass uh, in, in, in typical God Howard uh, uh, production values. I would imagine the game is going to be a looker. Uh, it, it received a one-year delay. Uh, very similar to what happened with Halo Infinite. And we, we've seen what happens when a game is delayed as long as Halo Infinite was delayed. And the final product is, is what we saw, and it's still being polished. I believe that same transition is going to happen for uh, this game, for Starfield. I think when it finally releases uh, holiday of next year, it is going to be one of those games that we're going to look back and and just be in awe on how good it is. But the question of the day, uh, Mr. Joanna Dark, is when when you look at what Sony has done this year, now they've had some pretty in, uh, incredible experiences, Ratchet and Clank being one of them. Um, obviously, depending on where you fall, Returnal for some people were great. For me, I probably wouldn't buy it for 20 bucks. Uh, it still has a saving problem. And I know there's some people that really enjoyed it, not for Boom, so I could care less. Deathloop is a game that I did buy for the PlayStation 5, even though it's eventually coming to Xbox Game Pass next year. Uh, but I wanted to experience it. It is a phenomenal game. Uh, you know, again, it's, 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 you know, that studio is known for these kind of experiences. And if you like them, you're going to probably love Deathloop. Um, and there has been much, much else, right? I might have missed a, an exclusive or something here or there, but there's not a lot to look forward to. Uh, for 2022, all we know is the new Gran Turismo, which, 
folks, you know, it's going to be a good racing game, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say it is not going to be able to hold a candle to horizon or motorsport. And that's just, that's just my opinion. You might disagree with me, but uh, uh, polyphony is just not the same studio. They're just not that same studio that released these monster, incredible titles back in the PlayStation two days. They're just not that, that, that they've, they're, they're a studio known for delays and, the game was delayed into next year, so it's coming out next year. Uh, Horizon is going to be one of those games that's going to be potentially some people's game of the year. Could even be my game of the year. Um, I'm looking forward to Aloy's new story. I'm a, I'm in love with that franchise. Love it. It's one of my favorite new IPs. But when you look at what Microsoft has coming out, they they could potentially dominate uh, 2022 the same way I believe they're going to dominate 2021. Uh, at the end of the year, you, you know, you obviously have the two big bombs in Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon Five. I mean, that's, I mean, what a way to end the year. My question to you, Mister Joanna Dark, and again, this is again very very opinion based. Everyone in the chat, take it easy. If you get excited, because. You know, you could agree or you could disagree, but let's just, it, it's, a, it's an opinion, so let's just take it with that. I think that Microsoft has already won 2022. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Um, they have a new IP in Starfield. They have a new IP in Redfall. Um, they have, obviously, Deathloop coming out and Forza Motorsport, whatever they're going to call it, whether it's 8 or just Motorsport. Those are four monster games. Uh, they could release one every quarter. Uh, we don't know what's going to be coming out in between that hasn't been announced by Microsoft. I think they've already won the year just based on the exclusivity of Starfield. I'm not expecting anyone to agree with me. That's my opinion. What is yours? When you look at when you look at the intensity. But this game is being looked upon as one of the biggest releases for Bethesda, for Todd Howard, and now Xbox because they're exclusive. Where do you fall on, did they already win 2022? I'm going to say, I think you made some great points, Mr. Boom. Um, I'm going to say TBD. Well, yeah, of course. And, obviously, and, yeah. and the reason I'm going to say that is because there's so many amazing games coming out. It feels like 2017 all over again. And <laughs> what I think um, is that yes, there's going to be all these titles across multiple platforms coming out that are going to be amazing. We even forgot Dying Light that can be in the conversation and and Kill Absolutely. the Justice League. Yeah. What then if if Starfield is supposed to be the game that unanimously wins the game of the year? Here are the few things I want to see from Starfield as someone who's a fan of Bethesda games. I want to see how does it evolve the sandbox kind of genre or or a kind of formula. That, and it's not just more than just more Skyrim and Fallout, which is not a bad thing, but I want to see how how do you kind of reinvent that? How do you bring a nice, tight story? One of the things that, that I liked about listening to that video was it feels like Mass Effect Andromeda in the sense of the, the way it's talking about these different factions, this war that happened 20 years prior to the game set in 20, 2330 uh, between the United Colonies and the Free Star Collective. And it sounds that the constellation, which is the committee you're part of, they sound like the specters of that world that are out there going to discover and kind of police this amazing world. And I want to see how it blends this kind of grounded sci-fi um, with kind of this fantasy. You know, they kind of, you know, I, they kind of said it's not going to be this crazy kind of like I think 
what they were trying to say is, you know, don't think much Mass Effect in the sense that, you know, you have all these different things, but there are going to be, you know, other alien life forms. Um, and I just think that if it does some of these things, great storytelling kind of gives you this kind of different evolution of the sandbox kind of open world formula. I think hands down, it could run away with the overall game of the year. But it's right now, it's too early. And we don't know, you know, we got to see what these games do. Is it more of the same? Do we get the same thing from Horizon? Is it just more Horizon? That's not a bad thing. That's just more of what we like, right? Right, right. You know, God of War, same thing, more of what we like. Um, But I do see that Microsoft, similar to that year that Sony had Persona 5, they had uh, Final Fantasy, you know, remake, all these games coming back to back. And it was just a month of just straight, amazing games. I feel that Microsoft in 2022 is, this is just a start of all these amazing games just trickling into the service and, to the, and into the overall ecosystem. Um, and they could have multiple games that might just, it may not be Starfield. They could probably be Redfall. So who knows? But it might be a Microsoft studio because of the fact that these big titles are coming to the platform. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're starting to see is, uh, I, I believe it was uh, VJ that said it earlier when we were talking about uh, how Microsoft has set themselves up with this. Like, that we're starting to see the years of preparation come to fruition. It might have even been Zemi that said this. Um, and now they seem to be, I mean, look, the, the reality is, is that Sony's big bangers, as, as the kids call them, um, they take five years to, to come out five six years and with covid still being a thing uh it, you know a lot of a lot of their production schedules were kind of put on on the backlog i mean a perfect example of god of war now that wasn't i mean i'm sure covid played a, a huge part of it but the actor that is mocapped for kratos he came out and apologized that god of war is delayed because he had multiple uh surgeries to repair his broken body right you know we, we talked about uh, you know bad shoulders bad knees bad ankles you know, and, you know, I still don't think we get God of War in 22. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it comes out March of 23. I think because they're going to get a chance to, and he's got to do all the mocapping, and it's a lot of work. And, and again, there's still a lot of holdup in the industry. Games are being made, but they're games, games like God of War, Hellblade 2, where it's a lot of in-person stuff, where the mocap is the main aspect of the game, I think a lot of that is going to be uh, held up. And I think God of War comes out in early 2023. That's, again, my 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 opinion. But getting back to uh, Starfield, I, I absolutely agree. I, I love the, uh, the to, to, to be announced uh, kind of a, a way of thinking because it is, I mean, we're, we're still in 2021. But I, I got to be honest, uh, when you look at how big this game potentially could be um this is going to be uh i'm I'm not even suggesting it's going to run away with game of the year i'm not even talking about that we're too early for that i just think that i think honestly from microsoft as a corporation for xbox as a platform when you have a bunch of new ips that are potentially as massive as something like a starfield and like a redfall and then you sprinkle in, obviously, a, a, a new, uh, you know, what they consider to be first party, because now Bethesda is still is first party. But you you figure uh, something like um, Turn 10s, 
you know, uh, new addition to the long running series. And then, of course, you get you get a few unannounced stuff because there's some stuff that Microsoft isn't ready to talk about that we could get next year that could give us that, you know, you know, one every month or one every quarter, you know, that they talked about. I have a, a very, very uh, uh, suspicion that Microsoft is going to you, you're going we're seeing it this year. We're seeing at the end of the year. I think there's going to be a much different looked upon Microsoft moving forward. Mr. Boone, one last thing I want to point out. Yeah. About since we're talking about game of the year and Starfield, I want to know what Sony saw first and then what Microsoft, because again, Sony wanted to rumored. This is not confirmed. They wanted yeah. to get Starfield. Yes. Deathloop. So what did they see? And we, we see right now how Deathloop has turned out so far. Let's see Tokyo Ghostwire, which another game. And I want to see what they saw. And then what Phil Spencer saw to say, hey, you know what? We need Bethesda. And same thing to the Psychonauts point and Double Fine. Let's see now that Bethesda doesn't have to make uh, Youngblood or these games that kind of have some type of monetization in them. Let's see how they have when they have, finally have the resource and just could be creative overall. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a fantastic <clears throat> point. Uh, Zemi, I want to bring you into the conversation because obviously, if you don't know, Zemi's a huge fan of Bethesda. I mean, he's beaten Skyrim <laughs> 17,000 times already. And uh, so, obviously, you're a big fan of Todd Howard, right? Uh, we oh, know. Yeah, that, I love him. I yeah, love him. Yeah, I, no, I'm not even going to say I'm a fan. I love Todd Howard. Yeah. God Howard. God Howard. Praise be his name. Praise be his name. Of the church, Bethesda. It's fantastic. It. You guys should, uh, should join. Uh, you know, look, as a fan of the brand, as a friend, uh, fan of uh, the work that they do, uh, of, of Todd Howard uh, and what he has uh, you know, delivered so far, um, expectations for Starfield are probably through the roof, not only for you, but for many people. Um, this new video gave us a glimpse. And I, I mean, honestly, it's, it, the videos, I, I don't know, it's about a minute and 43 seconds, something like that. It's not even yeah, that long, it's but, it, it, but it's enough that... They're talking about Starfield 12 months before the game releases. That That's something to be said. They're excited about it. We're excited about it. I think Microsoft could potentially dominate next year because of it. Where do you personally fall in the uh, excitement for it and um, potentially answering the question, could this one game have already won 22 for Microsoft? Well, I am very extremely excited for Starfield. Absolutely. I mean, first off, I love RPGs. Second off, I'm probably Todd Howard's biggest fanboy. Uh, so I am very excited uh, for Starfield. You know, uh, watching that trailer I, had me all giddy. Um, you know, just listening. You know, to to you know some information about the setting of the game. What you know, where are we going to be? Uh, and then also giving us some some backstory and some set pieces on like the different factions and uh, kind of like the history, a uh, very basic history until now. I, I really, really, really like the direction that they're taking uh, for for this game. And for me personally, I don't really feel very Mass Effect-y whenever I see it. I, I kind of disagree with, uh, with uh, jo uh, Joanna Dark uh, a little bit in this. I actually see more of an Outer Worlds yes. that's made by Bethesda and is a bigger project. The Outer Worlds was fantastic. One of my favorite games uh, in 2018, 2019. I uh, can't really remember. But um, 
when it released, but it, it was definitely a smaller game, right? The worlds weren't as big as what you, we would, ex- what we've come, you know, to expect with a, a Bethesda title, uh, at least it felt like, and, and, you know, even, you know, the number of side quests and so on and so forth, it, it was, it was definitely a, a, a smaller title, like in scope. Uh, than what we would see from a, a, a typical Bethesda game. But it was very reminiscent of that. And so I kind of expect that Starfield is going to be like the Outer Worlds, maybe a little bit more darker and grimier, just kind of the way that Bethesda does things. Um, and, and of course, just a bigger experience. In my personal opinion, which I'm probably biased, uh, as I'll get out with this, um, I think that Starfield is going to be a better, bigger uh, version of the Outer Worlds. And, and you know, that's that's my story and I'm sticking with it. Um, so I'm super, super excited. As far as, you know, is it going to be the game of the year or has Xbox already won 2022? You know, I agree with, um, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, JD over here. I, I don't think that we have enough information. I think, you know, it, it is to be decided. Um, there's, you know, a lot of games that, you know, could come out, uh, could get delayed, so on and so forth. And and a lot of those definitely impact, you know, w- whether or not, uh, you know, uh, Starfield is, you know, a game of the year, but then also does Xbox win, uh, you know, that that year. Um, <clears throat> for instance, you know, PlayStation, they, they have Horizon. Um, you know, boom, you know, you, you don't think that, you know, God of War is going to come out, uh, and, and, you know, it, and it may not, it may get delayed, but you know, we don't really quite have that information right now. Right. right. And we do know that God of War is a super popular game over there on Sony's platform. Um, but as far as the whole game of the year thing, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of games that are going to be dropping out and one RPG in particular that I'm very excited about and cannot wait for that is also coming out in 2022 is Hogwarts Legacy, Yes. um, which is a part of a very established IP that being, you know, Harry Potter and, and it also, you know, being of, you know, some we haven't gotten a good Harry Potter game in so many years, and this is looking to be a phenomenal uh, RPG. So, you know, that that could definitely come in and possibly steer, you know, steal away a game of the year, uh, you know, uh, you know, victory from from Starfield. So, you know, there's there's still just a lot of games you know, like uh, JD mentioned that have, you know, been an unannounced, but also a lot of games uh, that that, you know, could be delayed and, and so on and so forth. So I don't think we have enough information to definitively say or even guesstimate uh, if Starfield is going to win game of the year or not, or if Xbox is going to, uh, you know, win uh, 2022. I, I do think just from, you know, looking at the playing field right now, from what we do know and what we're kind of somewhat expecting, uh, there's definitely a very, very good possibility that Xbox, uh, you know, could in a lot of gamers' minds, maybe even the majority of gamers' minds, win uh, 2022, just because they are just so packed with with content right now. Um, yeah. There's just so many studios underneath them, so many projects that we've already heard of, uh, not to mention some of them that we, you know, quite possibly may have not even heard of yet. Um, you know, Xbox is in a very, very strong position going into this next year. I I think in some ways, definitely stronger than what PlayStation uh, is currently sitting at, but there's still a lot of unknowns on the, on the, on the table. 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely, 100%. Real quick, before I bring VJ in on the conversation, I got to catch up with some of the Super Chats. First of all, Michelle Alexandria drops a very generous $5. Super Chat and says, buy the wife something nice. Thank you so much for that. I will certainly uh, pay it forward with Mrs. Boom. Uh, Space Dovkin drops an outstanding $5. Super Chat and says, Boom, do, did you see that Call of Duty Vanguard game size? Apparently, Xbox and the place on the PC versions are now using sampler feedback streaming and now it's a smaller it's smaller than the PS5 Kraken version. Yeah, I saw that they said it was going to be half the size. They didn't get into the specifics. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I could give a flying F. Uh I Call of Duty looks to be the worst of the of the bunch. This was another thrown again thrown together mess. It's going to sell. People are going to buy it. I'm not buying it. Uh, I'm not The I'm campaign not getting, looks good. Yeah, I mean, even even the campaign. That's, listen, that's put the it, only redeeming factor I can, I've maybe, found so far. Maybe. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I, I'm not giving um, Activision any of my money. I'm not giving my money to Blizzard. I stayed strong with that. Uh, as much as I want to enjoy the re-release of um, um, Diablo 2 with Mrs. Boom, I'm not doing it. I wouldn't even buy it used. I I could care less. Bobby uh, Bobby Kotek is. Uh, I know there was a big story yesterday that he's he's taking less money until this thing is all. Listen, he made $137 million with bonuses and stock options last year. You, you think that if he took a dollar this year, he'd be, he'd be hurting. He'd have to go eat you know, sandwiches off the corner. No, he's fine. He'll be okay. So, yeah, until they, they work it out over there, I'm not supporting those companies at all. Uh, so I, I could honestly care less. But thank you for the Super <clears throat> Chat, brother. Thank you for the info. Definitely appreciate that. Um, Gameonomics drops an additional uh, f- uh, 100 rubies, uh, five pound. Uh, well, f- I would be $5 super chat. It says people here want a Switch, but don't buy it because Nintendo doesn't <coughs> offer any kind of service in India. No online service or repair of any kind. That's, that's, that's awful. I'm actually very surprised. Nintendo's such a wide brand. The fact that they don't is a little disappointing. Uh, Drawn TJ, generous friend of the show, he drops a five dollars super chat and says, uh, gr- uh, uh, "Great show, boom and panel." Well, thanks, brother. Definitely appreciate that. Space Dovkin drops an additional five dollars super chat and says, "Xbox is on a really go- is is on a really good position facing 2022." Starfield has the big opportunity to outshine other great games, new big IP, and fully next-gen. Indeed, absolutely. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, don't forget uh, Peppa Pig, Game of the Year 2021. Don't forget about that. That's definitely going to win a lot of awards for sure. Thank you, Mr. Joanna Dark. But, uh, VJ, mm-hmm. get your opinion on this, brother. Uh, again, I, I mean, it, it would be foolhardy to, to you know, stake my, put my, my, my flag in the sand here and says, yep, uh, they, they won 2022. I'm simply just asking a question because uh, Sony looks to be a little light coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Nintendo, we don't know. We, we know they're getting Breath of the Wild, so Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be one of those games that people are going to be talking about. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to win a lot of game awards. In fact, it's going to... I got news for you. It happened when it came out with Horizon Zero Dawn, and it could potentially happen again. Uh, that, that game itself could be hurt by uh, uh, Breath of the Wild 2, um, and we don't know. But I, again, this is a big IP. This is a new IP. It is Todd Howard's biggest project to date. It is the first new IP in a decade from that company, um, and it is an Xbox exclusive. I, I think that in itself really does uh, set up Microsoft to potentially have a strong 2022. Where, where do you fall on this? Um, I think you touched on some 
really interesting points and um and i think you're right i mean this is all going to be you know supposition on my part and very early in the morning because i've just got so very little information or sort of facts to go on um i'm not really sure what determines that you know xbox sort of wins 2022 you know especially sort of you know in relation to starfield um you know is it in terms of you know subscriber numbers see an increase of an astronomical increase of 20 or 30 percent in lieu and post um the the title's launch or is it you know most hardware units sold in a in a in a in a quarter uh than its uh, closest rivals you know um i think it's at the end of next year right so so i don't know what determines that i i I think the fact that it's coming to Game Pass, and Lord knows what the budget budget for this game was, uh, it must be quite astronomical. Um, I, I I don't see Starfield easily selling twenty or, or thirty million copies like previous Bethesda titles. Perhaps it will. I I feel you know, like you said, Boom, when you go and buy a company and you make the title exclusive, it's inevitable. It's done now, so there's no point in, in, in moaning or complaining. You can have an opinion, though, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, and um, everyone should respect it. I feel I feel that even Xbox um, or the upper echelons at Xbox, um, Phil and his team, would forego uh, unit sales if it makes far more commercial sense to sort of glean or, or garner a, a meaningful, I would actually say, sorry, not meaningful, I'd say a monumental increase in long-term subscribers for Game Pass on the back of Starfield, and I, th I think that's part of their goal, right? Um, I think everybody wants to see Bethesda return to form um with all due respect to was it Deathloop and Tokyo Ghostwire I know they're not out I know Ghostwire is not out yet and I haven't played Deathloop so full disclosure there um they both compile uh, they're both pale in comparison right not not in terms of um of what they represent or their quality and everything I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they stand up um but in terms of the 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 fantastical sort of hype hope belief and promise and potential that Starfield represents um the game is still on the cusp of cusp of what being more than a year away from release and, and logically thinking given what's gone you know gone on in the last couple of years pretty much anything can happen between now and then the release of bethesda's and uh, now i should say xbox's big hope um if the game's sort of received well and, and delivers on its premise and promise you would have to say 2023 is far more of a um, an interesting barometer early 2023 in terms of how Starfield benefited or changed the fortunes of Xbox, and I'm sure that's going to be a uh, a podcast of yours, Boom, um, and in, in about 18 months' time or whatever. But um, you know, but how it changed the fortunes of uh, of Xbox as a business business division, and how far it goes or went, you know, in facilitating and establishing Xbox's position as a, as a gaming utopia, uh, which is further, you know, sort of intertwined at the at the highest echelons of gaming pop culture in a in a more meaningful and and fond remembrance and ever present way rather than sort of flirting with true great greatness on occasion, you know, throughout its uh, throughout its um, iterations of um, Xbox hardware, right? And um, I don't know much about Nintendo's uh, 2022 roadmap. Yes, I'm a huge Breath of the Wild uh, fan, and um, and how and but. Um, in terms of Sony, you know, I've got some inkling, right, that they have some incredible games next year you know, that shouldn't be sniffed at. 
and we already know about Horizon Zero Dawn, Gran Turismo 7. I, I find Horizon Zero Dawn such a mouthful. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. And then you've obviously got God of War, which um, you know some say summer, some say fourth quarter, and um, some say 2023, right? Who, who knows? But I, I think it will... Sony will strategically release that and possibly given the hardware shortages, given that it's a system seller for them, potentially it will also be based on um, hardware supply chain schedules, which let's be honest, are still very difficult to get a a next gen machine. Um, And look, I personally, when you look at Starford, and we've talked about this boom, you know, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. I wouldn't blame or discount Sony, Nintendo, and all the major publishers uh, keeping an eye or even keeping a distance from uh, Starfield's launch, right? Giving it a wide berth. Um, Starfield may be the game Xbox and sort of PC gamers mainly want to play, but everyone outside of the ecosystem that is a gamer is going to have a very keen eye on proceedings, right? In terms of, look, do I need to get Game Pass or do I need to go and get a Series X? And I hope I hope Microsoft have plenty of hardware to go around. Uh, it, it can't be, you know... I mean, it's not their fault, but I just hope that the situation is somewhat remedied in terms of if you see a game, you see the hardware, you, you want to be able to pick it up and, and enjoy it, right? Not just watch it on YouTube. Um, but I think that you simply come the end of next year, if the game hits its um, uh, release timing, you simply, well, I think we all know this, we simply aren't going to be able to feign ignorance or unawareness of Starfield, uh, whether you're in gaming or not, especially when, if you look at Bethesda and how they go about their business, and specifically Pete Hines, right, goes about marketing uh, Bethesda games, um, and he's been there a very long time. And and as long as I would, and I want to say this because I think it's important, as long as the Xbox marketing team assists and aids Peter Hine, right, and, and yes. he's the one that's leading. I, I think that's critical because I've, I've said it quite openly that if you if you look at the Xbox management team and you look at the Bethesda marketing team uh, not the team just the whole teams in general right everything that the management teams encapsulate i think bethesda is is is, is far more well-rounded and uh, far far more street savvy and they have to be right that they had their shareholders investors in, and breathing down their necks consistently right making sure that they, that they remain consistently sharp and if you're not sharp you don't continue to work at bethesda i've had people friends and colleagues work there before but and some that still do um and with Sony, on the other hand, one thing you can say about them that that they're very conscious, they're very consistent, they're very deliberately organised, and uh, they offer a diverse uh, schedule of releases. And that is something that you can say about Xbox now, right? As we've talked about earlier, right? Since 2018, or perhaps even before then, because the announcements were in 2018. So you'd have to say for the last since 2017, at least for the last four or four or four and a half years, right? Microsoft have been building this infrastructure leading up to this fourth quarter of releases and beyond, right? And whilst all Sony's games are sequels, um, it still leads me to believe that Sony's uh, 2020, 2022, my goodness, I'm even losing track of time now. Uh, such a great show. Um, Sony's calendar schedule is is greater um, uh, than the sum of its parts or its rivals, based on what little we know today, as as per Zemi's comment, right? Or and and I say that say this because, or why else do we as uh, Xbox gamers, right, um, sort of remain steadfast uh, proponents um, in, in our love and support for Game Pass, right? Because of diversity and because of options. Yep. 
especially given uh, what's on offer in terms of uh, options and diversity this November and December alone from Xbox First Party. It's certainly not, you know, waiting for a one-off calendar release, right, to change its fortunes, right? It's uh, Xbox and Game Pass especially, and I've said this before, are greater than the sum of its parts. Even though some people want to ridicule the titles that are in there, I never find myself short of playing something. And um, and again, you know, uh, as both panel members have said, uh, but my both esteemed panel members, colleagues have said that, you know, we haven't seen the gamers yet. But um, over and above, over and above um, um, Starfield, um, Sony's you know roster looks formidable. They they know how to steer their ship, and even compared to sort of going up against Starfield, which I you know which I as I said I expect them to give it a very wide berth um, because it's it's touted, broadcasted, and trumpeted, and given the seven and a half billion dollar spent. You know, it's a major title for Xbox um, at the end of 2022, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to be—I I won't be surprised if the marketing budget's as big as the development budget. It's, uh, it's, and the reason why I say that, boom, it's not just a game that's coming out at the end of next year. It's got to be—you know—we're talking—we talk open the show with talks of accolades and awards and awards ceremonies and so on. If there's, if there's, if this game is a contender, it's got to be a—you know—a game of the generation contender, right? And and I say that because it has to be. Um, anything short of special will lead consumer minds feeling disenchanted, disenchanted and Xbox frustrated. Starfield in many minds, given the seven and a half billion dollars plus fee, and because uh, the people don't often uh, build in, you know, all the legal fees, and that's probably got to be uh, quite significant. Yeah, it was um, close to the eight billion. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot exactly. Of people don't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I just wanted to sort of, you know, if people were questioning why you said eight billion, there's a reason for why you said it. Um, and obviously Todd's credentials and being hands-on behind and behind the project, you can see the way he fondly speaks of of, of uh, the efforts of several years behind this game. And, and 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 it's interesting, right? If you look at people's mindsets, right? They, you know, they already this game already kind of defies and challenges, you know, words, right? To measure the immeasurable, right? So I hope you're with me. With, yeah, with me there. we we with and, you, brother. Yeah, and this is all. Uh, yeah, sometimes I go off on one, and even my wife ignores me. Anyway, that's a separate subject, a different topic, perhaps. This is all, you know, supposition on my part, and it's seven a.m. in the morning, and uh, and uh, and that sort of before any sort of strange listeners start hammering their keyboards or <laughs> touch screens with fists of fury. Um, you know, you know, it is early for me, and I may not have got everything correct, right? But no, you did. You, you, you did good yeah. as, as always but, and expected. Yeah, but but but. All um, in all, but all in all, um, I, I would say what I've said is a fair one, right? I would say, right, given on how little we've seen, but the, the expectation is there, especially with the pedigree of the team behind the game, and and based on what Liam I know, and and given that, as I said before, none of us have seen Starfield yet, so hopefully, um, I think it was Zemi. Uh, might have been JD that said, you know, the awards ceremony shows a lot of good stuff off other than everybody wants to see what the new premiers are. But hopefully the game awards will see this little issue and mystery remedy. I, I hope so, Boom. And I'm really looking forward to the game. Yeah, yeah me too. Listen, folks, it's been a great uh, two hours. Uh, hopefully you are someone that enjoyed yourself here today. If you, of, of course, uh, had a chance to uh, be, you know, find the channel for the first time, like several people have, uh, consider subscribing. We are on the march to 10K. Um, and uh, we're closing in. Uh, I don't think we're going to hit it this year. We're still a little, a uh, little light. We're closing in on 9,100 uh, subs, which is fantastic. Uh, probably early next year. I'm thinking first quarter. For you know, to be fair. Uh, but listen, if you are again, if you already subscribed, 
uh, and you enjoyed it, please consider hitting the like button. Obviously, I want to see everyone turn out uh, uh, for a lot of reasons on uh, Monday's primetime gaming. Besides the two guests, we're celebrating Mrs. Boom's birthday publicly. And uh, thanks to her, we are giving away $300 worth of gift cards, which is awesome. That's coming out of her pocket. She wanted to give back to the community that has given us so much and uh, all you gotta do is be in the chat and you have a shot to win but of course if you are drop a super chat or uh you are a channel member you do get additional entries and that gives you a better shot on winning so uh big thank you to everyone that tuned in for today uh, of course i'm going to thank my guests obviously we had a lot of the panel members not make it today in fact the entire panel uh obviously outside of vj um, you know, uh, Dreadpool still dealing with some family stuff. Uh, and uh, obviously, Crispy Bomb had got called into work. Big Cloud uh, got hung up with something. And we'll, we we should have everyone back next week. But let's get to the outro. Start with first with Zemi. Actually, let me start with Mr. Joanna Dark. We got to get him out of here. Mr. Joanna Dark, thank you so much for your insight, uh, for being here two plus hours of your day. Hopefully, you had as much fun as you did the last time. Tell everyone they can reach out to you on social media. But what else you got going on? Yeah, thank you again. I had a great time. It was great to meet Zemi Games. Um, and again, VJ, a pleasure. Um, yeah, people can find me on Twitter uh, at big underscore n underscore boss. And it'll be under Mr. Joanna Dark. And I also am part of the Nickel Gaming Show, which we moved to a new time now to make sure we don't miss the news of the week. So now we're on Friday evenings um, at 630. Uh, that's the Nickel Gaming Show on YouTube. And um, besides that, um, just completing some games i'm on guardians and i'm playing echo generations i completed house of ashes if you want a good horror game and i also completed uh death loop nice great so, uh, fantastic uh, all, all fantastic games um and uh, yeah we would love to we'd love to if you want to reach out to him strike up a potential conversation he's like i said he's been very good with uh interacting with the community and i think that is uh super super important um and uh yeah listen dude it was great to have you here um and uh we definitely got to get you back um and uh again check out the podcast that he's doing weekly i think it's well done um it's got to get some more views get some more subs check them out uh his link will be available in the show notes once this uploads uh mr zemi games uh thank you so much for being here uh happy halloween but no scary stuff for you today other than uh the playstation uh state of nay uh listen tell everyone about your channel tell everyone about what you got going on with constantgamer.com and where can people strike up a conversation on social media well, let me tell you, I'm going to get some booze for saying this, but Halloween, worst holiday <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. How dare, how dare I, you? How dare you? And, and, and I say that being the true coward that I, that I am and I will always be. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, if you guys want to, uh, you can uh, check out my YouTube channel. It's called Constant Gamer. I post gaming-related content on there, such as gaming news, reviews, Let's Plays, uh, some theory videos, all sorts of uh, gaming content. So if that's your type of thing, uh, definitely hop over, check out the channel, watch some videos. If you like what you see, hit that subscribe button. Once again, that channel is called Constant Gamer. Uh, you guys can also follow me on Twitter, uh, at Zimmy Games. Uh, I pretty much, you know, post, uh, you know, gaming news on there, uh, reply to different people's posts, you know, all the typical things that you would expect a content creator to do on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, so if you'd like, uh, definitely give me a follow on there. Once again, that is, uh, at Zimmy Games. Boom. 
It's been great to uh, make my great return yes. to uh, Breakfast with Boom. Uh, and I look forward to, you know, hopefully I come back to the show. Hopefully it doesn't take me as long uh, as it did this last time. But uh, uh, I do look forward to next Tuesday hopping back onto the Xbox Factor with you guys and uh, hopefully talk about uh, does Xbox need a kart racer? Oh, no. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I hopefully... literally wrote, the, wrote it already. Yes. Awesome. Are... Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that topic. For sure. Yeah. I, again, I, I did my, my imagination. Again, I'm not going to get hired by Microsoft because like I'm the old I'm the old tire. So they're not, they're not hiring me. But. Man, if anybody from Playground Games or Turn 10 wants to, you know, potentially strike up a conversation, I have such incredible ideas, and it wouldn't be a same eraser. I have so many great ideas. I, I almost think that it's it's with with the the long history that Xbox has, uh, now celebrating this November 15th is 20 years, their character roster is glorious and it could easily fill you know 15 20 racers uh and the the courses that could come across we're going to talk about this in more depth on tuesday why i think it's it's it again you don't have to copy nintendo you can do your own thing and i, and I really wish they would be uh be simply because i've talked about this before that family-friendly game that everyone's looking for and a platformer that you can play with your kids it's not Psychonauts 2. That has a lot of adult themes uh, told in a, in a classy way, but not for kids. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just not. Um, gambling, g uh, drug addiction, things of that nature. It's, it's, it's just not what you – I mean, could you play with your kids? Sure. Would they understand it? Probably not, and you can get away with it. But I'm talking about the Banjo-Kazooie's of the world, the, the Mario Karts of the world. Microsoft still needs those. Uh, they do. They absolutely do. We're going to get into that on Tuesday. But VJ, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for breaking yes, down the subjects to normally uh, the, the way that you normally do. Tell everyone where they can reach out to you on social media. But what else you got going on? Um, I think all the <laughs> I think all the regular panel members, boom, have had enough of me. They're probably all on strike. So uh, so thanks to JD and Zemi for stepping in and uh, putting up with me. Um, you, you can find me on uh, Stubbs Midweek uh, Midweek Gaming on uh, Wednesdays at five PM Eastern Standard Time. And I uh, just want to say uh, thanks to everyone in the chat. Uh, very cool to interact with you. And uh, I'm already looking forward to next week. Um, thanks very much, Boom. Thank you so much. And, anyway, and of course, I want to thank everybody that dropped the Super Chat in. Uh, it, again, the, the Super Chats allow for us to do these giveaways. They allow for us to keep up to date with the equipment. Again, we do this for fun, but the Super Chats do, in fact, help. The channel memberships do, in fact, help. Uh, and, of course, we have a, a couple of big giveaways outside of the uh, one this Monday with uh, celebrating Mrs. Boomstick's birthday, which is November 1st, All Saints Day, if you are here in the U.S. Uh, we have the big uh, Christmas with Mr. and Mrs. Boomstick. Uh, we have on tap $500 already uh, of, of, of prizes, and it could be potentially more, one of which is going to be one of the 20th anniversary controllers that uh, that uh, Microsoft put out. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get myself a second uh, um, elite controller, the Halo Elite, to give away. If I can, if I can get one, I will be giving one of those away as well. And it's just again our way of just saying thank you for everyone that do, does what they do. But anyway, listen, folks, enjoy your weekend, uh, enjoy your holiday weekend in Halloween. Be safe, be smart, uh, and uh, obviously, be, you know, again, just be safe because it is uh, treacherous out on those streets. And, of course, I'll close out the show with something that is important to me. Hopefully one day will be important to you. 
That's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. It stayed with me my entire career as a police officer, but more importantly, as a human being, treat others how you want to be treated. Also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week on the newest episode of Breakfast with Boom.